G Money. What's up? Yo, you doing that? Yo, you calling? <laughs> yeah. doing that? How you doing, you man? That, right? <laughs> Yo, I'm good. What's up? What's going on? So we got a pack house tonight. You know, I'm excited about it. How are, how are you feeling? I feel good, man. I feel good. Uh, you know, fresh off a party last night. It was it was kind of crazy. Yeah, you FaceTimed me a little bit crazy. I didn't like that. that you was, you was, didn't like that? Yeah, you was wild. Talking I about coming out by your crib. I was. I was. You had women in thongs around the area. I'm a married yeah. man, brother. Yeah. Why are you pressing that? Hit us up. Yo, yo, we 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 introduced you yet, man? Chill out, big boss. Nah, I just was, you know, I I I was I was on Amigos last night. I was feeling good. I was like, let me call, let me call, flip and see what's going on, and let him know, let him know what's going on over here in the side. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah, it was it was a good night. How's the family doing, Dawson? Everybody, everybody good. Everybody good. You said matching. Yeah, no sponsors today. Good. Finally, about time. About time. You don't break no bread with me. You sure? Oh, <laughs> Yo, what's up with y'all? We ain't introduced him yet, man. Come on, man. I let that get the yeah, yeah out, and then yeah, come on. <laughs> nah, everything good though, man. Uh, also, big shout out to Hip Hop Harry. I, I was on his live today. Shout out to Hip Hop so, Harry. That was pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? We went live. You know, we reached out to me on on um, Instagram. We, we chopped it up and then set it up for the live. You know what I mean? So it was pretty dope. How you feel about that? Pretty good. It's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Feel Let's good. get straight into it. Let's do it. G Money. Yo. Episode one seven three. Nigga, Nigga we, we made, made it. it. We got a special guest. Yeah. Special guest. <laughs> he was here talking crazy. Talking, talking all that tough. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I went pro at 19, all this type of crazy stuff, man. What's going on? You ready? What's good with it? I'm, I'm ready. Round of applause. Ross the Boss Thompson. Woo! Man, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Yeah, man. I'm here. Introduce the people. Introduce your man next to you. My man right here is Sal Renfro. Sal Renfro. Boy, a prodigy. Pull the mic closer, you said. Come on, man. What's up? How y'all doing, man? Yeah, we good. How you feeling? I'm straight. I'm straight. You nervous? Nah. Exactly. No. Don't look tough to me. I don't care about that box. Like, don't, don't look tough to me. I saw that look again. <laughs> nah, how you doing, man? You I'm going to show you good, some videos on him. Don't threaten me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you're going to be like, man, I ain't fucking with this. Man. I ain't even joking with this motherfucker. <laughs> See, I'm old. Y'all can joke with me. Y'all can say, I, I, I ain't, you know. I'm laid back now. Mm. This young boy, man, he got all that energy. When I was 19, shit, I had that energy he had. That's why I love this dude. I've been knowing him since, how old you when I was like, his dad, man. His dad. See, the thing is, like he got this, like, I had my dad when I was boxing. He had his dad, and I'm friends with his dad, you mm -hmm. know. My dad was always on me, like, all my older, like, my family was boxers. Like, my dad was a boxer. My older brother, uh, my oldest brother, uh, Lamar, well, my second oldest brother, Lamar, he died. He was 19. He went to Vegas. He was 6-0 mm -hmm. as a pro, and he drowned at Lake Mead. I, mean, I know the referee, Richard Steele. That's who we originally hooked up with, because my dad and Richard Steele was in the Marines together. So my brother went out there. He was to Vegas. He was 6-0 for a knockout. Then he died. He drowned. You know, he drowned at Lake Mead in Vegas. And then I went. That was in 88. I went to Vegas in 1990. You know, at seven, I was 17 years old. You know, I was just going to realize my dreams, you know, in this boxing game. You know. So, like I said, I was watching people like Roy Jones and Kelsey Banks, all them dudes. <laughs> the amateurs. Top amateurs in '88, so I'm I knew it. Okay, '92, my time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you know, I made my little mark in the amateurs. Then I went pro. Hold know. on, hold on, my fault, yeah, boss. Yeah, my yeah, fault, yeah. boss. We, oh, I can't yeah, let you yeah. can't let you go like that, man. He, he gonna give he us a whole. You, nah, you know I, I, he I, give I, us a whole. We 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 gonna get to him. You so you so hyped to introduce the the young. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. We gonna get to him. All right, you rushing yeah. the whole drink, get him, G. Tell, tell us who's in the building right yeah. here, too. Your people right here, you know what I'm saying? Here. This, this is the businessman right here. Like, okay. this dude this dude helped me with my career, you know, 
Dope. I'm looking for him to help this man right here. You know, Vaughn came more and more towards the end of my career. You know, me and Vaughn would have linked up when I was nine, but Vaughn a little younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, but if Vaughn was a little older than me, maybe he would have been the dude who could have been making me some other moves. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we got the big body. This is our bodyguard. Big man. Big man. That, yeah, that, that, that's our bodyguard. <laughs> big Kirk. That dude right there, he got his little side. He like, yo, don't walk up among people. Me, Vaughn, and Sal, as soon as we walk out, Kirk, like, yo, y'all can't. And niggas walk up like, nah. That's really cool. Yeah, we on cap situation. I'm the one that reached out. You probably don't remember. Okay. Actually, he was doing like a live call in. And I was like, yeah, got to get my man Ross the Boss Thompson on there. Um, yeah, he, uh, James Tony Nemesis. He was like, hold on, hold on, old man, hold on. What you mean? That, he was like, James Tony, my man, what you mean he, he's Nemesis? <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. I remember, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. I sent it to James. He was like, uh, I sent it to James. Uh, Basky. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, Let's get into yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, G, you know what? Welcome to the show, man. So you know, I want to know where the name the boss came from. Ross the boss, man. Who gave, who gave you that name? My dad actually gave me that name, man. You know, because when I first turned pro, they, they my nickname was Ross Too Quick Thompson. Jimmy Lennon, the uh, ring announcer, gave me the, my first nickname was Ross Too Quick Thompson. So I knocked the guy out the Great Western Forum in L.A. My third pro fight, Mexican guy. You know, all the Mexicans fought at the Forum in L.A. Mm-hmm. My third profile knocked out the Mexican so quick. I ain't even have a nickname when I first turned pro. It was just Ross Thompson. And then that's it. They like, Ross Thompson wins by first round knock. Ross, the boss. Tom- I mean, Ross, too quick, Thompson. And then that was my nickname for, I'm going to say, my first 10 and 11 fights. Then my dad was like, nah, Ross, the boss. Mm. Then they changed it to, the, you know, the boss. You know, Then I liked the boss, you know. That's what's up. Yeah. All right, so... Let's go back, man. You know, I said flip the script. We like to get the the, the uh, story before the boss. You know what I'm saying? We like to get in details with the where you from, where you grew up at, where you raised at. So let us know where you from. Uh, yeah, I'm from Buffalo, New York. You know, I was born in Buffalo, New York. You know, and uh, stayed in Buffalo until I was 17. Then I moved to Vegas when I was 17 to further my career. You know, they was moving me to Vegas basically to make it to the 1992 Olympics and mm-hmm. all that and turn pro after that. You know, what's it like going to Buffalo? Buffalo, man, is a rough city, you know. You know, it's a hard there. But far as in boxing, my dad, he knew trying to become a boxer out of Buffalo was hard because Buffalo is all about the football, hockey. Mm-hmm. They ain't really, you know, promoting boxing like that. Even after I, you know, went on and started doing what I was doing as a pro, I was with Don King and all the different, Bob Aram, all the different promoters. Living in Vegas, I always told them, look, I'm from Buffalo. I want to go back home to Buffalo and fight. Mm-hmm. They said Buffalo not a boxing town. Mm. That's what they just blew me right off. Like, nah, we ain't going to Buffalo. Like, there was a couple of fights in Buffalo, like in the '80s or whatever, but right, right. here and there. But you know, it wasn't really Buffalo. Never was really a major boxing town. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, so you know, for me, it was hard. You know, going all the way to the West Coast because Vegas never really accepted me. You know, as they own, even though I was still in high school when I went out there. I, I went to Chap- Chaparral High School in Vegas. Mm. I was still I was a junior in high school when I went out there. Actually, when I first went out there, Richard Steele, the referee, I was living with him. You know, they, like, adopted me almost. You know, they was, like, my second parents, you know, because I was a minor. You right, know, right. 17 years old, you know, moving out to Vegas. Just I turned 17, actually, you know, mm-hmm. so. 
It was a long road for me, man. Let's get let's get a little more personal though. Like, what yeah. what was the household like before boxing, before all that? Like, what oh, was it like man. growing my up in the household? household? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get, let's go there. Let's let's take it to the household <laughs> was boxing shit. Now you know my dad. You know he was a boxer. My dad boxed in the Marines. You know, and, uh, you know he then he went to Vietnam mm-hmm. in the sixties or whatever. You know, something happened to him over there. He never was able to turn professional. My dad he had real fast hands. You know and. Uh, they always say he was like a real fast fighter, you know, and you know he he would have been a great star or whatever in, as a boxer in the 60s, 70s, whatever. But they say he had a, a injury in Vietnam that messed his pro from him ever turning pro. He never turned pro. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had three sons. Well, actually four sons, you know. And my oldest brother, Curtis, you know, he never really wanted to box, but he boxed a little bit, but he didn't really take it to the next level. But then... Me and my other two brothers, you know, we was going hard with it, you know. And, uh, so he always told us, look, I'm going to get you out of Buffalo. Because the thing is, in Buffalo, it's hard, you know. You know, you, you can't just fight out of Buffalo, you know. Right. It's just hard, you know. There's a lot of, you know, distractions. You know, you can't focus. I mean, it's, well, y'all from Queens. Mm-hmm. Well, see, there's it, a lot of guys out of Queens, though, that I know. Like, y'all may not know Lionel uh, Odom. The bad boy. He's from Queens. He's on the USA team with me. Mm-hmm. But he never made it as a pro because it's just hard. In some of these cities, inner cities, distractions. You try to focus on your sport, but then you got your boys over here. Come over here. Man, forget the gym today. You ain't got to go. Come over here with us. We got some chicks. Mm-hmm. Come chill with us. Smoke this weed, all that. All these distractions, you know. So, you know, it's hard. It's hard for it. Us kids coming up as 16, 17-year-old when you got all these distractions. Because in boxing, man, like, if it was up to my dad, I would have been just a boxing nerd completely. I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been uh, training. I would have been, oh, been over here doing some other shit. You know what I'm saying? But, like, my dad, he kept me focused. You know, he, he kept me in the gym, you know. But I used to do... Little sneaky shit, sneak off. Mm-hmm. You know, I would sneak off and go do stuff I was supposed to do every once in a while. You know, but <laughs> but you know that's just how the game was coming up, man. It's gonna be hard. Like cities, you know, you in the hood, mm-hmm. it's just hard. It's hard to stay focused. A lot of distractions, man. It's a lot of distractions. So growing up for you, they, they had a lot of gangs around there. Like what, what was going on in Buffalo? A lot of gangs. We, we from Queens. We never, you know, I never, I didn't grow yeah, up in Buffalo. Buffalo? So, yeah, yeah. I went there by Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo, man. Y'all be sleeping on Buffalo too. Yeah, we sleep. Oh, y'all probably yeah, like, yeah. man, that's, that's a state. Put us on. Man, put us on. Like that or whatever. Don't get me. But y'all know Benny Buffalo and them boys, the hip hop. They been showing y'all yeah, boys. Yeah. yeah, Benny and them. Y'all need to get yeah. them on the show too, man. Put you in them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, put you in them boys. Yeah, yeah, don't promote them, man. Guys, promote yourself, man. I got you. No, Buffalo. It was back in the days. It was. Like was it like drug deals? Like yeah, like you know, crazy in the, in Buffalo in, in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, still is. You know, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was a, a rough town. I think that was in the nineties. Right. But the, but there's a million people in the county. Fully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, 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 right. In the city, yeah. yeah. What's some of the crazy areas in Buffalo? Like, what's some of the well, real, like crazy areas in Buffalo? The east side, the east side. Well, the east side, where a lot of black people. West side, a lot of Puerto Ricans and blacks. 
Uh, South Buffalo is more the poor whites. And then uh, <laughs> he la- he no, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> the fact, though. True. That's true. And then <laughs> North true. Buffalo is more the Italians, a lot of, but it's yeah, blacks it's too. But it's uh, it's more Italians than North Buffalo. And then the suburb, see, like I, like I lived I lived in Newark. You know, when I fought for the when I fought uh, for the antivirus for the time, I, I changed management. I wasn't living in Vegas anymore. I was living in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I, when I lived in Newark, I started seeing like Vegas a little different. Like Vegas is just Vegas. Got one suburb, Henderson, the rest is desert. So when I came to Newark living, I'm looking at Elizabeth, uh, East Orange, black suburbs. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't used to a lot of black suburbs. Like in Buffalo, you got Lackawanna, the black suburb. Cheektowaga is a bl- kind of a black suburb, but it's a lot of white. No, but it's blacks and whites in Cheektowaga. So like Buffalo in the city is black people, but in the suburbs, mostly white people. So, so when I came to Newark, I was like, damn. You go to East Orange, mm-hmm. uh, Irvington, you know, uh, different parts outside of Patterson, all that, whatever. Different parts outside of Newark, you know. That's like when we got here, you was like, yeah, East Orange and yada yada. He's like, he was like, uh, it's black suburbs in New Jersey. I'm like, right. what? Yeah. Black suburbs? Dude, right. we ain't used to that in Buffalo. Right, right. That's why, like, I, man, see, I've been all over the world. And whenever I talk to New, like Shannon Briggs, my man, he's mm-hmm. on the USA team with me. He's like, Ross, you up there in Buffalo. But actually, mm-hmm. Shannon Briggs was one of the cats who always be like, yo, yo, Ross, man, some real niggas in Buffalo. <laughs> he used to say that to me, though. Shannon, was, me and him was real cool when we was amateurs. But Shannon, he used to be like, yo. He used to always say that, though. He's Let's like, go, Chant. Shannon used to be like, yeah, yeah. Shannon used to be like, yeah, Ross. No, there's some real niggas in Buffalo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Not y'all be sleeping, though, y'all New York cats, man. Y'all be like, Buffalo, yeah. Y'all you gotta put nah, 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 y'all, nah, y'all be hold sleeping. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, we did because y'all ain't give us our respect. Y'all New York cats, y'all be like, yo, Buffalo, all right, but. I think we just ain't crossed nobody. You know, we didn't come across nobody from out there too much to really. Shout out to Buffalo, though. What's going on? Buffalo, for sure. Yeah, what's going on this guy, man? I've been out there a few times. I got to show that love for the city. You've been out there a few times, but what? I've been out there a few times. He tried to get it. Yo, so. All right, that's. Let's go back now. So, in the household, you're young. You said it's four of you guys, right? Siblings? It's me, I, my oldest brother, Curtis. Mm-hmm. When we had three sisters Sherry, Rhonda, Denisha. Then it was me, my brother, Jermaine. Mm-hmm. And then it was my brother, Lamar, my brother, Curtis. You know. So, you know, it was, we had a big family. Seven of us? Seven of us, yeah. My mm-hmm. mom and dad, you know, they was married. What's up with moms? My mom, she good. You know, my dad, he died in 97. Okay. My mom, she doing good. I just talked to her before I came on here. Because she was asking me, is this show live? Because she mm. wanted Because I was telling her, it might be live on YouTube, but I don't know how that. Works. No, it's not. It's yeah, I told her that. You know. But she was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to see it. What kind of mom was she for you growing up, though? My mom, man, she was a loving mom, you know. Like, my mom actually, see, my mom, like, when I, she didn't want me to go to Vegas. Because my brother, my older brother, he died in Vegas. Right. So he was 19, he went to Vegas, and he was 16 as a pro. And he went to this Lake Mead or whatever and drowned. So my dad was ready, ready to send me a couple of years later. My mother was like, no, nah, I don't want him to go, you know, because she was worried, you know. So she always she always was worried, making sure I'm all right, you know, always was calling, you know, making sure I was doing the right thing, you know. And, uh, you know. What, what, what did he go to Vegas for? Well, he went to box. Oh, he was he he went, doing he boxing up, as well. Yeah, so, you know, he, you know, my brother, Amari, he, he didn't really have that. Amateur style, so in the amateurs, 
he was more of a pro style fighter, and they turned him. I think they turned him pro at us eighteen. You know, he didn't really have a big amateur career. You know, he he didn't get to the top as an amateur. You know, so they knew they had to turn him pro because when he went to Vegas, he was still an amateur. He went to Vegas. He fought in the Nevada State uh, Championship, and they say he lost the fight or whatever because it was a point system in the amateur. You got a pity pat punch. My brother was more hard puncher. We he trying to hit you with the knockout blows, mm. you know. So they was like his style more suited for the pros. So that's why they Richard still turned my brother pro. You know, he was training with Eddie Futch. You know, the guy that trained Riddick Bow. You know, he was training with him. Mm. You know, and uh, and then how know, do you turn pro? How do you, to my- well, see, in boxing is a little different. In boxing, you can get guys who could be a could never even did nothing in boxing and turn pro sometimes. See, like in other sports, you know, you gotta qualify, but in boxing. Anybody pretty much could turn pro, you know. But see, the thing is, when you turn pro, you could just be Joe Blow and turn pro. But you, they're gonna just bring you in as an opponent. You're just gonna you're gonna be owing five after five fight, most likely, unless you land some haymaker and land a lucky shot. You know, when I turned pro, you know, I was highly scouted because I was the high number one ranked amateur in the country. You know, right. fighting on the USA team, so I was highly scouted. You know, coming out of the amateur. And I got, they threw me some money to sign a contract, you know. Mm. I wasn't going to turn pro for free, you know. So it was like any other sport, basketball, football. How much did they get you to turn pro? So amateur boxing is like college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How much they gave you to turn pro? They gave me a, a signing bonus. I don't even know if I should reveal it. Ooh. <laughs> my manager's going to be like, Ross, we gave you that much. Script, man. How, much um, how much they gave you, Ross? I'm waiting for it. Let's go. I'm a, I'm a, they gave me a hot 25000 Signed the contract, <laughs> but then they was giving me a monthly salary. You know, they was they was paying me every month. Cause when you first turn pro, you ain't making that much money. You know, they they got us living on our own. Like I was an amateur boxer, and they was paying me. See, that don't even supposed to be said. I just snitch. <laughs> but it's too late for oh. them to fuck with us for that. Don't edit that, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know they—they they was paying me. advice for us, man. Get out of here. This man. ain't college <laughs> basketball, though. Yeah. No, but listen, this ain't college basketball, college football. Where them players get paid in college, right. they can get in trouble. Yeah. Amateur boxing, if it happened, if it's current, then you get in trouble. But that's that's years ago. Ninety-two, yeah, yeah. ninety-one. Hold on, so, so. I want to know the process. You know, cause I, I feel like you're trying to jump to. The, 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 the pros he, and everything. He's he just boxing. I'm all over yeah, the place, man. <laughs> yeah, like, like, before you go, G, mm. your brother, do you know the story how he drowned? Did they ever tell the story? Man, what, what? Yeah, they told me the story. You know, I don't even want to believe it, you know, because it was, it was my brother. I don't know. Do y'all know? Y'all might you may have had him on the show, Johnny McClain. Mm-hmm. He was a professional boxer. He was close friends with me. He was real close friends with my brother, though. But his younger brother was real close friends with my um, my brother. But Johnny was about he married Layla Ali. The first guy that married Layla Ali was Johnny McClain. You know, he married Layla Ali. You know, he trained with us. And before I ever went to Vegas, my brother hung with Johnny McClain, Terry McClain, and all of them. So the day my brother, they all went to Lake Mead in Vegas, you know, it was kind of far out. So it was Terry, my brother, and two, two ladies. They all skipped school. They was in high school. My brother was only 19, you know, and, uh, so they all went out to Lake Mead. They skipped school to go to the lake. A lot of people, at that time in Lake Mead, a lot of people were drowning at Lake Mead. You mm-hmm. know, and, uh, so I don't want to believe the story, though, because I'm like, it don't add up to me. when they. But, of course, they're going to tell me what they want me to hear. 
So when they told me the story, they said, okay, well, Ross, you know, Terry. Terry was a small guy. My brother was, you know, well-built guy in shape. And I always said my brother probably caught a cramp. Because when I was boxing, I just, my brother had actually had a fight coming up when that happened. So I know how when I was boxing, I used to catch cramps. You ever catch cramps when yeah, you're yeah, training, yeah, losing yeah, weight? Yeah, yeah. You catch cramps. Time. You be yeah. losing weight. You ain't drinking water like you're supposed to. Because our boxing diet is the worst. They don't let us drink water. Yeah, you can't drink shit. Dry out. So my brother probably was losing a lot of weight, you know. And they swim 100 yards. This is what they told me. They said, we all swim 100 yards out. And then they said, it was like, Lamar said he was tired. And he said he was going back. Now, if Lamar, Terry, Lamar with his girl, Terry with his girl, if Lamar swim back, his girl going to come with him. She not going to hang with them. Mm-hmm. They said he went back by himself. That's why I was like, no, I ain't believe it. So they said that he went back by himself. So then they said, when we got back to, to land, we couldn't find him. And then they did a search, and then they found his body or whatever. That's why I, I said the story don't add up. Like, I, I, don't believe, I believe they watched him drown probably because they probably were scared because a lot of times when somebody drowning, they panicking. So the person who would try to save him, my brother was way bigger and stronger than Terry. So if my brother panicking, he might bring Terry down with him. So I believe Terry probably was like, man, you know. Yeah, he probably was scared as hell. Like, yeah. I mean, hmm. you know, he, he would have been considered a hero if he would have tried, but, you know, you can't really even knock him, I guess, for losing his because he probably was figuring like, I know Lamar way stronger than me. He probably gonna pull me down with him. You know what I'm saying? So that always bothered me. I used to think like, damn, you know, that bothered me just yeah. coming up. You know, as a young boy, when they were telling me the story, it was a few of them there that they all could have helped out. Well, you had two ladies know. too. I mean, know. they could have just you know, uh, right. chipped into something. Yeah. The, right. the, the right. story definitely don't add up. It's some 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 missing. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. some yeah. missing in the story. It don't it don't sound like. Right, you know. Right. That's they what never, I always said. You know, I was they never a young looked boy, into it? huh? They never looked into it. They just automatically like. Well, you talking about like the police or whatever? Yeah, I guess not. You know, it was just they considered it an accident. You know, so that was that. Mm-hmm. You know, we way in Buffalo. You know, and uh, so I don't know what they was doing out there. I wasn't living out there at the time. But the crazy part, we had just lost my other, my oldest brother six months before that. He got stabbed over a chick. You know, mm. dude's daddy with ice pick. In Buffalo? And he, my other brother, he was living in Ohio at the time. He was in Dayton, Ohio. And he was messing with a chick, you know, and uh, he went to the chick house. The ex-boyfriend popped up. My brother, he was like, mm. he was like, you know, I don't want no drama. He left. He was leaving. Dude snuck behind my brother and stabbed in the back with an ice pick. He killed my brother. That was in December of 97. I mean, December of 87. Then my brother Lamar died June '88, so it was hard, man, at the time for the family yeah. because my dad, like, it was hard, man, like, cause he, like, I was winning all type of national tournaments as a kid. I was a kid boxer. I was 13, 14. I was winning. It started my career actually because I was winning national junior Olympics, silver gloves, national PAL tournament. I winning all these tournaments. My brother died. I had just won a national PAL. Got voted outstanding boxer for the. Um, Tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, October 87. And Curtis died in December 87. So when he died, it was like, my dad said he ain't taking us to the gym. You know, because he was messed up. He lost his son. Mm. And then we was just about to get back into boxing again. And then my other brother died. He my brother in Vegas. He died. 
So after that, man, my dad, he went into a funk. You know, it was, it was hard, you know, it was hard, you know, for the family. My dad actually, you know, suicidal at times. Like, he, he was really messed up because he had lost... He had lost two of his sons six months apart. So it was hard for the family, you know. It was, it was, we was a boxing family, you know. All my brothers boxed, my dad boxed. You know, it was a dream to, for one of the brothers. My dad didn't do it. You know, he caught malaria and all that in the Vietnam. And, so he couldn't achieve his goals. And, you know, it was just like, okay, Ross, one of them going to win. One of them going to get to that title, you know. You know, I always just think back on my story. I'd be like, damn. Like, like, you know, I was, I wanted to win that world title just for the family. You know what I'm saying? Because we've been through a lot, man. I always say, you know, I say, well, it was just the American struggle we all went through. And then sometimes I look at my story and I look at my career and I'd be like, damn. I got, damn, I got to the world title and I lost. And then I say, damn. But it's the American struggle. Because that, like I always tell people, like, I tell some of the young fighters who might lose a fight, I say, listen, like, even before I fought for the title, like, those ups and downs, it's the struggle. It's about if you, you, you might take a loss, is you going to get back up. Mm-hmm. Like, when I fought for the world title, I had three losses. In boxing today, they think when you lose one fight, oh, he a bum now. He lost already. <laughs> That's how people be thinking because yeah. of Floyd. Floyd, that undefeated shit. You think back in the Sugar Ray Robinson days, them dudes was eight, seven, eight losses. Then they become a world champion. Because everybody fought everybody. Like when I was fighting, I was fighting Overcard. Jane, Jane Page ended up winning the world title after he fought me. You know, dudes like that. You know, like I wasn't protecting my record like a lot of these guys do. You know, they might fight some tough journeymen, but you fighting real contenders. You fighting dudes who, who you know, they might be older. And they might have been tough at one time, but they they ain't got it. Every, they ain't got it like they used to have it, you know. So it's, it's a little different, you know. It's a little different. Mm. So how did your your, your brother's dying uh, affect affect you personally? It, it affected me bad personally, you know. Like I say, you know, I was, at that time I was on a hot streak. I had just won three straight national tournaments, and at the last one before my first brother died, I got outstanding boxer of the tournament, you know. They was high on me, USA Boxing and all that. And I was, uh, I think, 14 years old, you know. So they was looking at me as a future Olympian and all that. Because, you know, when you fight in the men, when you turn 17, well, actually, at that time, it was 16, you fighting in the men's division. So I was fighting in the, you know, juniors at the time. So they looking at me, though, as a future guy for the men's division, for the Olympics, world championships and all that. So... So, you know, they looking at me as they one of their future prospects. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, that was in October of 87. A couple months later, my brother died in December of 87. I didn't box again until uh, 1990. Because, you know, two brothers died six months apart. It just tore up the family. You know, my dad, my moms, just tore the whole family up. My dad didn't. I start running the streets. I start getting in the streets, joining gangs. My dad, he didn't care no more. He was messed up. And my dad was always keeping us off the streets. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, he thought he'd give us the talks. So then at that point, my dad gone. My mom, you know, she just, she always wanted her kids to be safe or whatever. But my dad, he kind of gone. Me and my brother, we, we just out in the streets now. Because he let us. Right. He said, go ahead. Because... 
He was doing his thing. He was messed up. And we went this way. And I remember the day, actually, when my dad, he woke up. Because a friend of mine. So we, we was in front of my house, one of my homeboys. I was all, you know, that, like we used to be in little games or whatever. The, the cats in the game, like, oh, we got the boxers, me and my brother. Oh, we, we got the boxers. And I, uh, <laughs> we ain't worried. We got, we got two boxers. Because back then, it wasn't really a lot of shooting like they doing now. In the 80s, it was more they fight. Right. We fighting, you know. Right. So, you know, they always, like, confident. We got the boxers. We ain't got. Them niggas be like, oh, we, we good, you know. So, so one of my homeboys, you know, he got into a fight with this dude over something. So, the dude, one of the homeboys from the neighborhood, he, he brought an older dude over there that nobody knew. So, the older dude came over and he, in this, he put up in his car. We young boys. This dude pulled up in his car. So he he pushed up on my homeboy. So I always was one like I was a protector. I always was a protector anyway. So I said, "What the fuck? You ain't fucking with my man." Dude don't know I'm a boxer, so he ain't like, "I'm gonna fuck. I whoop his little ass." So, <laughs> so so you know he stepped up me and dude face to face, and it actually was it happened to be on our street, and my house wasn't fired down. Somebody told my dad, even though my dad was messed up, still about my, my brother's dying and all that. My dad came out there. So me and dude squared up. He was a grown man. I was uh, 16, I think. Dude was like 23. He's a grown man to me. He had his car. You know, I'm, I'm squared up with him. Though, like, I'm about to knock your ass out. He don't know I box. So he, you know, whatever. So we face to face. Then my dad, right when we, I'm about to hit two, dude, my dad came. Ross, get your ass in here. He called me. So, so he, I came in off my dad. was like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know that motherfucker going in here. You hit his ass. He gonna go in the car and get a gun, shoot you. Then you dead. I lost another son. Get your ass in the house. Uh -huh. You know. So that's when my dad woke up. He's like, Ross, you know, I ain't gonna let this shit happen. He said, well, You need to start training again. Like my dad, like he had just completely lost it when he lost his two sons. So when he seen, he just envisioned that that dude was gonna shoot me though. That's what my dad envisioned that day. He said. That he envisioned that that dude, he was going to hit him. He was going to go in that trunk. He wasn't going to let no young boy hurt him. He, his ego was going to come out, go get that gun. Dude was going to shoot me. That's what my dad said. You know, I don't know. but Let me ask you a question. When you say he was messed up, like what, was he drinking? Was he? Yeah, my dad, you know, he, he was doing drugs, you know, all type of stuff. You know, he drinking a lot. I mean, he was, like I used, I used to go in, um, him and a couple of his friends, they would go in the basement at the house. And they be, you know. I understand. Yeah, I go in the bed. I'm like, damn. I, ain't, I was a kid, though. But that shit was like, damn. They down there doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? So Drugs. Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was fucking me up. Yeah, you know, sure. so. My dad, he, he woke up. You know, he had to get out of that funk and say, you know, I got to get my kids right. You know, because, you know, my dad, he was always a good dad. He always wanted his kids. He always wanted us to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, came up in a two-family household. A lot of my friends didn't have their dad around, you know, so I had my dad, you know, so. And, you know, he he helped me a lot, you know, with my boxing career and everything, you know. Did you feel any pressure growing up as far as, like, becoming a boxer because your whole family boxed, or did you actually want to No, like, I wanted to do because the thing is, I was the youngest out of the boys. So all my other brothers was boxing when I was, like, seven, eight. 
like I don't know, if, like like my, my brother Jermaine, like he he was he was one of the most talented out of us, our family. Like all of the brothers was very talented, you know. And I feel like Buffalo didn't really show us to love each other, you know. But we was all talented, and I, and I would and I could argue with Roger Mayweather or Floyd any, you know. Say we was talented in the Mayweather, but y'all y'all was more successful. <laughs> but no, we had that argument. Yeah, I said. That's I said like, but that's like Jordan and Manigo. What's the dude? Uh, Manigo. Was it, uh, Earl, not Earl. Earl, Earl, Earl Manigo. Yeah, they say he's know. better than Jordan. Oh, I never even heard of him. Yeah, I so. said Manigo. Manigo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying fire is like what you saying fire is. Right. The Mayweather is. You know, became mainstream and successful. Right, 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 right. You know, it's a comparison. Right. Yeah, because like like my brother Jermaine, he was he was Southpaw. Everybody comparing to Pernell Whitaker when he was a kid. They was like, he gonna be the next Pernell Whitaker, the next Hector Camacho. He had fast. We all had fast hands. Everybody, every one of the Thompson brothers, we all had fast hands. My dad had. I used to watch my dad. You know, when he got older, and then he was. Like my dad was a 132 pounder as a boxer, and then he was like 200 pounds, and he was fast as hell. He throw them hands, he throw combinations for us. But then he used to take me and my brothers around. And my brother Jermaine used to be like, "I hate when he uh, take us to his friends and tell us to throw a combination, <laughs> and we have to throw like 10 punches." People would be like, "Oh damn, they fast, they hands fast, you know." And, uh, but you know, my dad he always you know did little things like that, you know. But uh. Yeah, it was just you know crazy coming up, you know, with that. He he sent you to, he sent you to uh, Vegas. Yeah. To go box. Right. No, cause you know he was. I don't know. Y'all know the referee Richard Still. Yeah. Stopped the Taylor Chavez fight. Everybody mad at him about that or whatever. Yeah, He's right. famous referee or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Richard Still was good friends from the. Um, they was in the Marines together. They boxed together in the Marines. So, you know, my dad, I actually remember I was about eight years old. My dad was, we was watching ESPN fights. Remember the ESPN fights? Mm-hmm. Tuesday night, whatever, Friday night fights, all that. We were watching the fights. And my dad was like, I know that dude. I was in the Marines with him. And my mom was like, you don't know him because he's on TV. My dad was like, that's my friend from the Marines. My mom was like, no. So he called the, the casino and he asked, could he get in touch with him? They let him get in touch with Richard Steele. Then that's when they started. It was like 1983, maybe, or whatever. They stayed in touch. I remember Richard Steele came to Buffalo. And my dad was always bragging about us. I got three three of my sons. They telling you, Richard, they're going to be world champions and this and that. You know, and uh, so Richard Steele flew to um, Buffalo. He flew to Buffalo in 1986. He flew to Buffalo, and uh, he watched our train. And then he was like, because my uh, my other brother Lamar, he was uh, 17. I was, I was like 13. My other brother was 14. But he was, I want Lamar because he was the old one. He was the older one, 17. Mm-hmm. He could turn pro. He was a man. We were still boys, but so he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, Woody, we could bring him to Vegas. So about a month later, my, they flew my brother to Vegas. And my brother moved to Vegas. You know, and that was that was the start. It was the Buffalo Vegas connection. Because then my other brother Jermaine, he a year older than me. Jermaine never really wanted to box. You know, he he was people used to say he was one of the most talented of the family. You know, but he didn't want to box. He, but he did. I mean, he actually turned pro. He was four and zero. He four and zero as a pro, and then he quit. I right, told my brother, yeah, he's four and zero. He never lost because he see he came, he came, 
Like I turned pro in uh, I turned pro in '92. So actually, Richard still had shipped me over to Miami, and then I came back from Miami, and then when I turned pro, I came back to Vegas, and turned me pro. It was there's a long story. I ain't even gonna get into that one. Don't though. get into it. Nah, <laughs> I don't. I think that's telling too. Cause my mother be like, "What, Ross?" Cause I just <laughs> told my mom about this story. What they did? What they did? It was. See, uh, <laughs> what they I ain't telling, man. Nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. I said, yeah. Nah, you can't do that. Give me a drink, maybe I tell. Oh, oh. I need a drink. Oh, it's the drinking champ show. <laughs> We're nor yet. Drinking champ, goddammit. Nah, but nah, man, nah. You know. Uh, well, who did? First of all, let's slow down. What who did? Huh? What who did? No, nah, I'm just saying, like you know. Uh, what they did first. Tuesday. <laughs> well, you know, Richard Steele and my dad, you know, they got together. I was a kid, so, you know, I, I was the number one ranked uh, amateur on the USA team and all that, you know. So when when you get to that level as an amateur, people throwing money at you. Okay. You know, they go, okay, he, he's the pro prospect. I like to hear that. Yeah. That money talk. Let's go. So, so I'm living in Miami, you know, and uh, – they, shit, they like, yo, you got to go back, get you back to Vegas. I'm like, nah. Because I was a kid, man. So I'm going to just tell y'all, man. Vegas, if you under 21, ain't shit to do. Mm. So I was living in Vegas in, at 17 and all that. Before I went to Miami, I used to be bored. And then another thing, okay, how old is y'all, man? 33. Oh, y'all a little younger than me. No, but y'all know it wasn't no games, Crips and Bloods on the East Coast. When I first went to Vegas, you know, I dealt with that shit too. Like New York, New York City, they had Crips and Bloods in the '90s and '80s. That shit came like in the two thousands, whatever. And I kind of hate that New York even fed into it. Remember Tim Dog, <laughs> Fuck Compton, and all that. I don't know if y'all know. Nah, y'all nah. younger, but anyway, you trying try, try, try to, try to swing us? Stop it, Tim, <laughs> Tim Dog. He from? Uh, yeah, he from yeah. Where's Tim Dog from? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Shout out to Brooklyn. That's y'all guy. But y'all don't know him because y'all too young. Let's talk about y'all what, must let's fuck t- with y'all right now. Let's talk about what they did. <laughs> let's talk about what they did. I want to know that story. What did they do? Nah, man. They, you know. Because we know Vegas was born 17 because when you were 21, you went yeah. to Miami. Yeah, they said, I was 17, they sent me to Miami. So when I got to Miami, it was fun, though. Like, as a kid. You know, as a kid, man. You want to have fun like Vegas is all about the strip, gambling, and all that. And it ain't really much to do as a kid. And I felt like I ain't had that. You know, when you're a kid, you still want to have that social life and friends and all that. And then when I went to Miami, it was different for me, though. Like, I had, I felt like I had. Like, you know, of course, in Buffalo was where I really had my real friends. But, yeah. but you know, you moving to these other cities, you got to meet new people. Miami, you got the girls. Uh-huh. Right. You know what Come on, man. <laughs> so what they did? I had a little Dominican. That's what my yeah. dad told me. He said, Ross, you little chick making you stay there. Because they, my dad and Richard Still was like, you got to get back to Vegas. Richard Still, he was just like, yo, Ross, you, you rank number one now. But we need you out of Vegas. Because Richard Still, he was using who he was to get people to throw some money up. Understood. Yeah, so, you know. He was like, yo, Ross, I got to get you back to Vegas. Because I won an Olympic festival in L.A. And he's like, Ross, I was supposed to go back to Miami, USA Boxing. They're going to fly you back to you know, representing town. I was out of Miami at the time. If I won an Olympic festival in L.A. to form, 
Richard Till was like, Ross, I'm going to get you a different ticket. You're going to come to Vegas with me. Cause, you know, he, L.A. right next to Vegas anyway. So he's like, oh, you're going to come to Vegas with me. You're going to make a detour. I said, damn, for what? He's like, yeah. he's like I got to show you around, everybody. You rank number one in the country now. So I'm like, uh, on the USA team, I'm the top dog, you know. So he want to take me to all the big wigs. Like, yo, Ross, you know, he's doing his thing. So boom, get that money. So he introduced me. I was a kid, though. I ain't know. I ain't know what was going on. And, you know, when I, when I w was living out there, I lived at his house. But then they put me in a hotel when I came to visit. For, you know, that's right. we left L.A. He put me in a hotel, in a suite. You know, I'm like, I'm 17. I can't even go in the casino and gamble. He leave. He leave. He go to his, to his wife, to his family. Leave me at the hotel. I'm sitting in the hotel by myself. I'm like, damn. 17 years old, I'm sitting up in the hotel. I can't even go down there and gamble. But I did go down there and gamble. That went to the slot <laughs> machines, though. I was like, shit, if I hit that jackpot, I guess they, gonna, <laughs> they ain't going to pay me. But I was playing them little slots and shit. I knew I couldn't go to the tables because I'm like, they're going to be like, give me your ID. I looked like a young boy. So, boom, I'm down there in the casino fucking around and shit. Richard Steele, he taking me all these business people. Oh, this is my fighter. Boom, bam. So then I he put me back on the plane, go back to Miami. I go back to Miami. I don't like I don't know. I'm kinda naive to stuff. I was a kid. So then he calling me. He's like, Yeah, Ross, I need you to come back to Vegas. I was like, nah, I wanna stay in Miami. You sent me down here cause you cause the reason why Richard still sent me to Miami, cause I was training with a bunch of pros. I was training at Top Rank Gym, Barbarum Gym in Vegas, with all these pros, Roger Mayweather, he was still fighting at the time. Vince Phillips, Kenny McKinney, dudes I looked up to, Mike McCollum. All these dudes was world champions that I was a kid watching. So I'm looking up to these dudes, but I'm training with them, you know, and uh, I'm like, damn, you know. So when I, I had lost to Vernon Forrest at the uh, U.S. Championships in 1992, I mean, 91, I mean, at the U.S. Like, everybody in the um, top-ranked gym, they was all pros. They like, because I was whooping niggas' ass, and I was a little kid. I was whooping them pros ass though, like how he do now. I, that's why I like him because that's what he be doing. But I was whooping them. I was a seventeen year old kid. I'm whooping their ass. All these pros I'm watching on TV. Mike McCollum had mad respect for me the first time he inspired me. He's like, God damn, bro, you fast as hell, you know. So, so, so I'm I'm training with them. So I was about to go to the nationals. That was my breakout year. So I get to the nationals. And Vernon Ford, y'all know who Vernon Ford is, right? No. He fought Shane Mosley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he died. You know, he was on the team with me and all that, too. But um, Vernon Forrest ended up being a real good pro. But um, Vernon Forrest, I fought him the first day at the Nationals that year. Like, when I left to go to the Nationals, everybody in the gym was like, oh, Ross, you going to win this shit. You a bitch. You so fast. They were, all the pros was like, Ross, man, you going to win, blah, blah, blah. So, boom, I get to the Nationals. So, I ain't know who Vernon was at the time. We were just both amateurs. A guy on the team, Pepe Riley, he's like, yo, Ross, you fighting Vernon. I ain't, because I just got started fighting in the men's division. They was, Vernon was like 20, I was 17. So they was like been around. I hadn't been around. I was only in the juniors, you know, so. So they, so I'm like, okay. They was like, he good, but you going to beat him, Ross. That's what they were saying to me. So, you know, in Colorado, man, we fight in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center. And me and Vernon start fighting. I was dead tired after a round of that thin air in Colorado. You know, like in Denver, Mile High Stadium, mm. that thin air. I had never fought in that shit. So I was like, 
I couldn't understand how I was so tired after the first round. I didn't realize how thin the air is up there. So, so you know, it was a struggle fight, me and Vernon. Vernon was tired, too. He pulled it out. He won the decision. And then Vernon won the whole Nationals. He beat Shane Mosley. He beat Millette, Lamar Murphy. He beat everybody. Because so, when I lost to him, I was like, damn. Because he wasn't really that known. So I was like, I lose to this dude. Because, you know, I was beating pros in Vegas. So I lose to this dude. The first day when I lost, I was like, how I lose to him? I didn't know who he was. I was like, I lost to him? How? Even though I got tired. I lose to him. Then I seen him the next day. He beat Millette. I said, oh, damn. He just beat Millette. And then he beat Shane Mosley. I said, oh, damn. Oh, this dude is good. I started putting my chest out. I'm a little 17-year-old. Put my chest like, shit. I ain't lose to no bum. This nigga fight. You know? And then he won the whole thing. He beat Steve Johnson in the final. Like, okay, that's what's up. I'm feeling good again. And then I get back to Vegas. they like, Ross. All the pros. Ross, man. How you lose, man? You whooping my ass, but you gonna lose to the some amateur dude? <laughs> you know, so Richard Steele was like, Ross, we gotta get you out of here, man. You can't be trained with these pros. You know, you got you you developing bad habits. I'm gonna send you to Miami. That's how they originally sent me to Miami. And as soon as I won everything, man, became ranked number one. Richard Steele was like, bring your ass back. <laughs> but 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 you still ain't say what they did though. <laughs> nah man. Nah nah nah. You still ain't say what they did. He went around the corner real quick. I, I, I sat here. He made left. He made another right and left. I, I had good left. No, my man, he know. He just said it. He said. He said, "Damn Ross, Ross. You know, I watched Ross in the ring." He dance around. Uh, you know, I dance around a question, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 but nah, I want to know what they did. You said they did. Yeah, I mean, they, you know. Just tell us. I was a kid, man. They, uh, listen, what they told me, they said shit. Just shut up, Ross. It's adult shit. That's what they told me. Like, they did. Like, That's what I'm saying. I still don't know. I'm like, let's call Richard right now. I'm about to put him on the enemy side. <laughs> nah, but man, they, they you know. They, they did what? That, they what? They did that adult shit. You know, they, you know. They, all, all I'm going to just tell you, man, they got me back. They got me back. No, no, no. Right. They was bobbing and weaving. No, no, no. I was, listen, I was back in. Uh, Wait, hold listen, on. No, no. Hold I was on, back in. On, uh, boss, I was back in Vegas. Boss, boss. I'm telling you. Hold on. Flip, where's your corner at? Hold on. Nah, I ain't going to the corner, to the corner yet. <laughs> Rose, hold on, hold on, Ross. <laughs> Ross, come on. I like you. Nice guy. But one thing I ain't, ain't going to do is allow you to, to, to dance around me. Come on, man. Your man called up and said you had beef with, with my man James Tony. I'm going to get into that after. Mm. All right? Uh, see him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't want to talk about him. But, all right, all right, but before no, we let's get talk about that, him so no, we can no, change no, no, the subject. No, no, no. <laughs> no, James Tony. Not yet. James Tony and that dude. I had a signed contract to fight him. Not yet. And then all he got on there on boxing saying, Ross Thompson from Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills lost four Super Bowls in a row. They asked him, is you going to fight Ross? No, listen. They asked him, is you going to fight Ross? Didn't they know? They said, you going to fight Ross? He said, Ross Thompson, he from Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills lost four Super Bowls in a row. What that got to do with me? We're going to ask a question still once you finish dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what did they do? Uh, adult shit. What did they do? What man, did Richard do? All I know, some adult stuff. Like I was a kid, my dad was like Ross. You, no, I'm, at, I'm gonna tell you this part though. <laughs> I was no listen. This is, you know how like when you were a kid, your dad. I don't know. I don't, you had your dad. Did I you? Did. Okay then. So I'm saying, you know how your dad always boss you, son you. 
do this, yes, dad. Okay, dad. Okay, dad. And I watch him with his dad. You know, that's why I love it, you know. <laughs> so my dad, he always bossed me. Okay, dad. Okay, dad. This is the first time I told my dad no. My dad was like, what? He he made up every He said, yeah, some girl out there in Miami got you. That's right. Because he couldn't understand that I wasn't. Dad, you ain't going to just boss me all the time. It was the first time I stood up to my dad, mm. and he told me to do something. I was like, no, nah, Dad, I don't agree. And you became Ross the Boss after that. Right. <laughs> much, nah, nah. Well, but after that, my dad, uh, he what named me. What did they do? Named me Ross the Boss. Yo, what did they do? I'm not, I'm not changing until you tell me what they did. Uh, see what they, you know. that they bothered. You say, yo, they did what they did wasn't right. What did they do? Yeah, I mean, was, they did a little thing over there. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What did they do? They did they little... All right, I'm gonna call my mom. Maybe she'll explain it better. Because I was a boy. My dad ain't here, so I was a boy. I was a 17 year old. You know, I ain't know what was going on behind the scenes. You know, so they, you know, did their little thing or whatever. What thing? <laughs> I'm just saying. What thing? I don't understand. No, it was just a little. You know. I don't know. No, nah, that is. You know how I, I don't know how it is. You know how they be doing anything when they What's, do right. hold on, hold on. They be over there. You over there. They, 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 be like, they be like, yo, yo, you go over there, Ross. Go sit in the corner real quick. Then they over here huddling, doing some other shit. Mm -hmm. But business-wise? It. it was some business shit. Yeah. They, so they, hold on, hold on. Mm. They did funny business with you? I ain't gonna say it's yes, funny. Yes, they did. Here we go. Here we go. Hey! Hey! Are you going in the corner with Yo! <laughs> Rest in peace to Pops. We're not trying to disrespect Pops, but who did funny business? Who, did, who played with the money? Man. Who played with the so money? When did you find out? Man. Tell me when you found out. Yeah, yeah. Tell me when you found out. Yeah, what we found out is, you know, Ross is back in Vegas. <laughs> well, why are you laughing? Sweet Miss Sweet Mama over here. Oh, she, hey, I ain't hey. heard made a sound yet. Yo, yo, she yo. just bust out. <laughs> Damn. What, what? No, so, hold on. So, 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 you gotta explain. You gotta, that, you gotta do though. nickname now. Nah, man. You know, it was just like you know. You think of for me, I was having fun in Miami. I was living a kid life because in Vegas, it's like. Like, when I lived in Vegas, man, for one, I'm going to give y'all another story. No, 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 no. See? <laughs> I want to know. Well, how... Tell them how I go into my stories, dude. Sometimes I throw a backstory in there. No, but listen. So when I first oh, went to Vegas, I'm going to tell y'all why I ain't had no friends in Vegas. Let's, no, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> That's a, no. So you know how that is. Yeah. You know when they, when his, friends. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> what about the money? So, I don't know. Like. I, I didn't care about money. It was just like, like you know, when I lived in Vegas, I ain't had no friends, like except for boxing people. Because when I first went to school, that's why I wanted to tell y'all this too, though. <laughs> See, what, man? Like, why you, why you doing that? Sweet, why you doing that? Sweet, you sweet that? mama, <laughs> sweet mama, yo, I sweet mama. <laughs> Michelle, one time, aka uh, sweet mama. Nah, but see, the whole thing was, man, like, you know, uh... So you was, you was, a, you was a boy. You was over there, then they was over there. <laughs> then, nah, then, I lost my train of thought, man. You losing your own stuff. We want to know what they did with the money. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was some dollars they were throwing out, but, I mean, uh, I was, you know, I was an amateur boxer, too. USA Boxing would even do an investigation <laughs> if they know, okay, Ross Thompson on the USA team. Because they pay... And that's the thing, man. They paying me. You would say about which would really go against the so-called rules. 
If you think of them college basketball players, they get money. Okay, USA Boxing. They was paying me um, Operation Gold, getting a check every month when she become ranked number one, number two in the country. You get a check every month. They was giving us thirteen hundred a month as elite amateurs, which they don't. I don't know if they're supposed to do it, but that's what they was giving us. So you know, I'm good. I'm getting my money from USA Boxing. I'm getting my Operation Gold. I'm getting my money. I'm good. So and then so so you know then you talking about them. Ten thousands and twenty thousand start coming as an amateur boxer, you know, that's when people start saying, Hold up. But if you got they gonna throw that money out there. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Uh, they gonna a, throw that it's listen, a, nah, nah. It sounds nah, it sounds to me listen. like it sounds they gonna to me throw like, that kind of cash. <laughs> they gonna throw that kind of cash out there. I'm gonna know what it's, your father and Richard did. You tell you they ain't do they they, they Well, you know, you gotta realize like, you know, my dad and Richard, you know, they both was Marines. You know, they were doing they, drugs and stuff. Just y'all say? Hey, nah, they they wasn't doing nothing like that. But they were doing women. They <laughs> they just was you know finagling stuff. You know, making. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was making little, well, inside little shit. Uh, you talking about they was hustling? Well, you know they. It's some. It's some. Well, like, see, the thing is, they had they had guys who's going. Because the thing is, it's all about getting the guy who's gonna put up the money. That's what that's what anybody in the situation do. They gonna in boxing, it's all about hustling. Like I'm trying to exclude my man right here because he's a business minded dude, trying to make him into a big guy in this boxing game. You know what I'm saying? And I want to, you know, school him the game and like, yo, this because boxing is like, look at Don King, he's a hustler. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how he got into boxing, though. No, but that's how Don King got into boxing. He was a hustler. I got stories with Don King too, too, man. Let's get into that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell his no. dirt. Well, before that, oh, yeah. nah, nah, you know nah, nah. Don King, before, listen, before Don, Don King, King owe me money. Oh. Don King owe me money right now. I don't want to know. No, you want to know this? You want to nah, know I, I this? I want to know this after. No, you mumbled listen. a couple of minutes ago that they didn't do right. Your father and Richard. I ain't say they didn't do right. I just didn't agree because I agree with what? I was what? a kid. I wanted to stay in Miami because I had fun in Miami. As Good. A kid. Like like my man right here. Stop he bringing young, him in there. He's a youngster, he, though. He, I'm he, just he saying. Because like, he reminded me, like, when I was a youngster and all that, so I'm watching him, and he's a youngster. Like, he left Buffalo. And he, he lived here. Where you live Yonkers. I mean, Yonkers. He lived in Yonkers now. Yeah, yeah. I, he yeah, from yeah. Buffalo. Mm. And I've been training him since he was a kid, but now he's grown. I haven't been around since I long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk to them for a couple minutes. I'm just saying. But you say they ain't right. You think I'm dancing. Am I dancing? (laughs) So I don't keep it real. Am I dancing? Come on, Kirk. I know you keep it. Uh He's doing a pop smoke dance right now. He got the... Dancing. Dancing. On what? You said a mumble. I just want to know what they did, bro. You said not anything. No, that was just some, you know, inside stuff. All right, what? That's oh. all I know. <laughs> all, right, all right, hold on. Yeah. Is is there a reason you can't speak about it? Nah. Is there any legal reasons that you can't speak about it? Because yeah. we we don't want to. I take the fifth. We don't want to. No, no, but not for real. We don't want to uh, air something. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, gonna, nah, yeah. Because you know, and then you know, we got a lot of you know a lot of other stuff behind that too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is though. You know, is it really legal reason? Or you just feel uncomfortable because you don't want to make nobody look bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff, you know. So, so Richard still would get in trouble still, with somebody? still, you know, that's still my family, so, you know. Okay. Day, you know, it, it is, it's all good. All right, all right, all right. Okay, got all it. All right, all right. Normally, he he open book. He just let it go. All right, so that, that that's a little, okay. Be some legal, yeah. All right. Ross, Ross let it go. 
Alright, so, so, so Richard still is, is off the hook. We gonna give him a pass. Yeah, yeah man, Richard still. That's my guy. You know, <laughs> he, he cool. He good. He ain't did nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good, uh, well, okay. What y'all think about when he stopped the fight with uh Meldrick Taylor? I just watched Tyler. that. But I, I was watching just now, and yeah. I saw him stop the fight. I it didn't like he needed to stop it, but that, well, see, that's the thing. The, the connection with Don King. That's what everybody told me. So, so. Richard Steele never wanted me to sign with Don King. So, and they was always saying Richard Steele favored Don King fighters. Like when he stopped, Chavez was Don King fighter. Uh, uh, Melvin Tellers with Lou Duva in them. In Vegas. So, but then he did, remember the Tyson Ruddick? He stopped the fight again. People was like, oh, Richard Steele, y'all ain't doing it for Don King fighters, whatever. I lived at the house when he stopped the Ruddick fight. I was living at the house and he was getting death threats. Mm. Yeah, he was, people was calling there who gambled on the fight, threatening to kill him. Like you know, he, Richard shouldn't have stopped it and this and that. You know, and uh, you know the, the whole thing is you know, Don King. So around that time, when I, th- I think when he stopped the Reddick fight, somehow I, was, I showed up at a fight, and uh, it was a Don King from. I was a amateur. I was seventeen years old, I think at the time. So I was, you know, I'm a kid, whatever. But they gonna give me tickets to get in a big fight, you know. They like, oh, Ross gonna be this, so you know, cop him tickets. So I get to the th- thing. Mark Ratner, he was the commissioner, um, the executive director of boxing for uh, Nevada. So they was like, he got your ticket, Ross, blah blah. So Mark Ratner was like, well, who who did Ross get a ticket from? It better not be Don King. Mm-hmm. They was like, it was. You know, y'all was asking me some shit. And y'all said I was backing out. Mm-hmm. They was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> they was dancing. They like, oh. Uh, they ain't know what to say. Mm. You know, they said, oh, go over there, Ross. So I went around the corner. They said, come back for 10 minutes. Came back. Then I got in. I ain't going to say no more about that. Mm. But yeah. Hold on. Th- Sorry, I just gotta. Mm. See, he always starts talking. <laughs> start, he always, always starts some shit. Uh-huh. You TMZ, dude. TMZ <laughs> gonna be calling you. So, y'all was connected with anything with the mafia or anything? I wasn't. Shit, I was a kid, man. Uh-huh. I know nothing about that. That's the story. I was. I was a kid. Uh-huh. Look, I don't know nothing was, about that. I was a kid, man. Uh-huh. I was a kid. I was a kid. Uh-huh. I was okay, a kid. Okay, well, I'm gonna tell you this another story about Don King. Shout out to my man. Bacavelli. Uh. Oh my God. Thank God we have the laptops open. Yeah, you can't speak about mafia stuff, huh? Man, yeah, huh? I don't know nothing about that. You can't speak about mafia stuff, huh? I don't, man, I don't even know. I don't we even know. Who was in the mafia? Who was with the mafia? Who was with the mafia? Huh? Was all I know is. Who was doing with the mafia? All I know is. Bacavelli! My man in there. Now listen, all I know is. What do you think we got him here for? No, listen. All I know is. I had turned pro at. Who was, was talking to the mafia? What was the name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? 94. <laughs> I turned pro Richard Steele and all on with they doing their thing with the people. Yes, I was messing with his own listen. questions. We don't need us here today. No. I'm going to be a drink. I'll be back. Nah, listen, I was with Bob Brown. I was messing with Richard Steele never would let me sign with Bob Randall and I, we was working together. So I'm at a fight. I go to the fight. You know Mike Marley from New York Post here. But he was involved in boxing. You know, I think he was managing a couple of fighters at the time. But he still was a, a media guy for mm-hmm. the New York Post. 
back in the 90s. So he always was high on me because Shannon Briggs, actually, that's who he was managing at the time, Shannon Briggs. And Shannon and both and Mike were both from New York. But we, we all in Vegas. They out there in Vegas with us. It was a big five thing with Orland Norris. Terry Norris' brother was the main event that night. So Mike Marley was recruiting me to be with Don King. And I, Richard Still would never, Richard Still was my manager, well, his wife was. They would never let me be with Don King. Because, you know, the, they was investigating that with the commission, like Richard Still, Dylan's with Don King or whatever. So they was like, oh. So Mike Marley was like, Ross, he was, they always hired me. Shannon was like, Ross, you going to be champ, blah, blah, blah. So, so Mike Marley, like, uh, Shannon was telling Mike Marley, yeah, let's get Ross with King. So I'm at the press conference. I just came as a in the crowd, you know, all the fighters on the stage or whatever. Don King up there talking, you know how he is. He up there talking this shit. So then he got up there, you know, he was like, yeah, well, we got a, another announcement we got to make. He was like, yeah, we just signed this fighter, young fighter, 90-0, six knockouts, Ross Thompson, come on up here. They put me on the spot. I was like, what? I ain't signed with you. I'm in the crowd. He's like, come on. You know how Don King is. Mm. He's going to give you the big hug. Come on up here, son. I'm on the spot, though. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but I got it. I'm a kid, so I went up there. But I think the grown man Ross problem. probably would have been like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. But as a kid, I was like, oh, shit. Damn, I got to go up there. <laughs> so he's like, come on up here. I'm in the crowd. I ain't on the stage where all the, on the platform with all the fighters. He said, come on, we got a seat for you, Ross. So he come in, he gave me the big bear hug. Sit me down, boom, bam. Ross, yeah. I'm like, what? But I'm like, okay, whatever. So, But I'm like, damn, it's Don King, though. As a kid, you know. Was the mafia there? Or that's, yeah, I'll stop waiting for that part of the story. Yeah. I thought that's what. All I know, we went to a back room. <laughs> no, we went to a back room after the press conference was over. Mm. So we went to a back room. I remember I was asking questions. Though. I was like, I was like, but um, what Richard gonna say? That's why I asked Don King. I'm like, what about Richard? He ain't, you ain't uh, called him. He's like, oh, don't worry, Richard gonna be happy, Ross. I was like, but I'm a kid. They taking advantage of me, kind of. Don't worry, just sign the contract. We are gonna sign you. Don't worry. He's like, we gonna put a. He's like, don't tell him. Let me tell him. So I got, I can go home. I'm free to go. Tomorrow, meet me at my house for. Don King lived in the country club in Vegas, a gated community. He said, you come over there. When you get to the gate, I'm going to buzz you through. I'm going to talk to the person. They're going to let you through, whatever. Come in the morning. He said, Ross, do not talk to Richard before you come here in the morning. Me and you going to call him together. So, boom. My dumb ass listened to him. Yeah, I was a dumb ass. <laughs> he was a so, kid. He was a kid. I was still a dumbass. I was a dumbass my whole career, man, I'm telling you. But um, so I go over there the next day, pull up, they let me in, go in the Don King house in the country club. He got maids waiting on me at the door, people taking my coat, putting me down, they catering to me, everything, They're cooking for me, what you want to eat, we, whatever. So we sitting down. I'm just like, damn, Don King, whatever. So I was so happy. My dad always liked the Don King. So I was like, man, why don't you talk to my dad? He's like, yeah, we call your dad right now. So he called my dad. My dad was like, you with Don King? I'm like, yeah, I'm with Don King right now, dad. And my dad from Ohio. That's where Don King from. My dad was originally born in Dayton, Ohio. 
think Don King's from Cleveland, I think. But you know, that's where you know he came up. Whatever. And uh so my dad talking to Don King, I'm like happy, okay, my dad liked this. It's cool. But I knew Richard Steele didn't really want me to be with Don King because of the controversy with the commission and all that to the referee stop fights, whatever. So so uh so they they talking. So I'm like, well, we still got to call Richard. Because I knew, because I'm thinking, like, he going to be upset. Don King, like, sign this contract with us. Like, Don't worry, we're going we gonna to figure everything out. I just need you to sign this shit. So I'm like, man, I signed it, though. You know, because I'm a kid. You know, he convinced me to sign this shit. So I'm like, did you talk to it? You know, you're talking to my dad, but my dad, he just... Seeing you from a fan point, like, yo, that's Don King. But Richard still more on the business level with it. He like, nah. He didn't he wasn't agreeing with that. So when I so they made me call. Like I am he like already talked to him, Ross. That's what he lied to me and said. So then I called him, like, Yeah, you, you heard what's going on. Richard like now, what are you doing, bro? I'm like I'm like, I just did the deal with King. He like, Ross, what? You did the deal with King. I was like, yeah. He's like, come over here. Come to my house. So I went over to his house. He's like, look. He's like, he gave you a basic contract. Because he fucked me. As a kid, you know, I was dumb. He gave me, like, like I was working with Bob Aaron. And Richard Still, the reason why we never signed, like, I was on a working relationship. I'm fighting on Bob Aaron Carnes as a youngster coming up. And Richard Still was trying to get me more money. He was trying to get me a bigger signing bonus. You know, that's the thing when you sign with a promoter, you're trying to get a nice big signing bonus. So, Richard Still, that was the hold up. Don, Rich, Don, Bob Aram didn't want to give me the, the money that Rich Still wanted. So, he's like, no, Ross, just wait. He kept telling me. Because I was like, let's sign. Because I want to be signed. With, I always wanted to be signed with Aram at that time. Or Don King. For me being a kid, little kid, watching Don King and Bob Aram coming up. So, I'm like, I want one of them to be my promoter. I'm with the big boys, you know. That's like a kid in the NBA they want to get to the NBA or NFL. In boxing, you sign with Aram or, or King, you you in the NFL type shit. So that's how boxing goes. You with Aram or King. Now it's a couple of other promoters like Al Heyman, but you know, you in the NBA, you made it. You know, you with that promoter, you in the big league. You ain't on these small shows. So I wanted to be with them, one of them. So the Don King, he said, You're just signing Ross, we're gonna work on everything and they was treat me as a kid you think because they giving you maids and shit my dumb ass was like oh shit i signed that shit and richard still was like ross what the fuck is wrong with you he was a olympic alternate you was a national champion you got clout you signed this shit for free what the fuck is wrong with you that's what you know he telling me like why would you sign this you know without our consent you know, and I was, I think I was 19 or 20 or whatever. You know, I'm a young boy. I ain't really know no better, you know. He's like, no, nah, he he cheated you. you know? So I remember him calling Don King, you know. But I don't know what their relationship really is. People always ask me, like, yo, who's their relationship? I don't know. But I know he called Don King right in front of me. And he was like, he like, you wrong. He told Don King, he's like, you wrong. You know, why did you do this? Don King, oh, well, he was willing to sign it. He's mm. like, but you... You told him not to talk to me. You know, whatever they was talking about, you know, whatever. Right. Know? And uh, then he got me out the contract. And that's crazy that Don King don't give you, let you out of a contract. You know? 
So he don't he don't let you out of a contract. So boom, he got me out the deal though. You know, and uh, and uh, I, I was speechless like, damn, he got me out of this deal. You know, you just said Don King owe you money though. Yeah. How come so you let me fast that? forward. Don <laughs> King is responsible for me fighting Vargas for the title though. So later on in my career, me and Richard still split up after, in 1995, a couple years later. After all this controversy? Yeah, it was a lot of stuff anyway. Yeah, hold on, hold on. So yeah. the stuff that you witnessed as a kid. <laughs> as you know, a kid. You, 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 witnessed, you witnessed Richard still involved in controversy, yes? Well, I mean. Did you witness it? Nah. And they tried to equate you with it, but you said you were a kid. Yeah, so right. They, they put me in it because I was involved. You know what I'm saying? So, so you was involved? Nah. He sound like a detect- detective or something, man. <laughs> right. So he was involved. Did you? Did you? Did, he bought the bottle. So Richard was Richard. Mr. Mr. Steele, and all due respect for him as a legend, was involved in a lot of controversial things. Oh well, yeah, you know he had the Melvin Taylor fight and the uh, Razor Ruddick fight and you, whatever. And you think that he was paid to uh, get those fights to sway the other way? I don't think so. Oh, you don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really don't think so, man. Because you're not a liar, you know. so you're not going to say that. still, you know, he's a you know, God-fearing man, you know, and all that. In the now he is. That. He always was, though. You know, like, you know, even when I was first went to he always Shout uh, to reverend at the church. But you just, but you still witness some things with, 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 with people, yes? Well, you know. <laughs> I'm asking you, honestly, you witnessed some things. Like when well, you it, was, it was a lot you're going to witness as a kid coming up but in you, Vegas. You, 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 you in Vegas. But you didn't you put it think. together. You, no, but it together. you gotta think we in Vegas. You know it's a lot of shots. But did you put it together? As a kid now, you, you be just looking So like, now in retrospect, when you got older, you like, oh, that's what was going on. Right, when you get older, you be like, damn. That's what I, <laughs> on some real shit, like that's what I, I be like, damn, who, you know. Them dirty shit. dudes. Yeah. I know, nah, I mean, I ain't gonna say they were dirty. So but... what are we gonna say? They were unclean? <laughs> <laughs> you a damn fool, man. No, I'm just saying, like, why you holding back for, bro? Nah, man, like, you know, they, you know. I don't! You I don't. wasn't in there! <laughs> you know, I've never seen bro hold back, so it's gotta be some legal or some. Yeah, no, nah, I mean. It ain't nothing. I've never yeah. seen <laughs> back, real talk. It's it just, you know. It's it. it a lot of. It's by his story. Yeah. They didn't on camera mode. I, mean, I heard you. The mic is on. So we got to spin off. <laughs> <laughs> off. We got to dance. Shoulder roll. But I'm just saying, Shoulder so, roll, so, right? so, so my thing is that, <laughs> my thing that you were, so you trying to say that you was a part of shenanigans. Nah, man. Boxing shenanigans. Well, well the see, thing and is, let me get that to the okay, box but you, you got to realize, you. listen, Ross content career was controversial. Facts. From from the top to the bottom. I'm looking at it, yeah. From the Vargas fight, me smacking him. Guess what? That wasn't... Uh, do you know they called the police on me at my own press conference? With the Vargas fight when I smacked him? Mm. They called the police on me. Because most of this stuff in boxing is uh, pre-planned. Mm. A lot of that yeah, stuff y'all be seeing, the shenanigans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they said, we want you to do this, we want you to smack him, and you're going to build the tickets up. Shit my shit wasn't playing at all. See, my thing... Was, Why you slapping for I'm, I'm just going to give you the backstory on this. Please. So, so Fernando Vargas and uh, Floyd Mayweather was Olympic teammates. So like I said, when Floyd came to Vegas, we was cool, whatever. Uh, we wasn't really cool, but, you know, Floyd would tell me, because he was like family. He was like a, like Floyd to me was like a family member that I didn't really hang with. Mm-hmm. I didn't get down with. You know, you got a cousin that you don't really bang with. Right. Everybody do. So, that's how Floyd was. He always going to be like my guy. And, you know, he whatever now. He don't even. 
look at me, really. But, you know, whatever. But the thing is, back then, Floyd would tell me about Fergus. Oh, yeah, he's a little racist. I didn't get along with him. That's what he said about Fernando Bar. He's like, you know, motherfucker, I don't. He didn't like him. He, he didn't like uh, another guy on the team with them, uh, Zaire Raheem from Philly. He uh, used to tell me, nah, he, he ain't cool. But they cool with him now or whatever because they was kids. Like when I was on the amateur team, I ain't get along with certain dudes, but we, we love each other now. It was a brotherhood thing. So they all, and Floyd, Zaire, and Vargas, they all had that brotherhood. Being on the team, when they kids, they don't get along. But they grown men now. Right. So, so uh, you know, uh, with the Vargas fight, so he, so that was the animosity at the start. Like, damn, little racist Mexican motherfucker. Fuck him. That was my attitude towards him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but shit. He was cocky, though, if y'all watched it. I don't know if y'all watched it. He was coming up. He was a little cocky dude, whatever. So you try to put him in his place? Yeah, hell yeah. So, 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 he fought my boy Raul Marquez from the '92 team. I don't know if that's who he won the title from, but I know he fought Raul. So at the press conference, all he trying to act all tough, and he didn't resp- like we was '92, they was '96. They gotta look up to us, like, and that's the thing with Floyd. He came arrogant, like motherfucker. You looked up to me when you was a kid. Now you think you mm-hmm. you Floyd now, whatever. Nah, but. Uh, so all them dudes, you know, we looked up to the 88 guys, Roy Jones and them guys, you know. But he didn't up. have to look up to y'all. He yeah, he did, man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Floyd too, goddammit. Right now, Floyd, shut the fuck up. You give a fuck. Yeah, you a legend now, but motherfucker, fuck you. You still my little brother, nigga. Mm. Shit. That's how it is with the game and the boxing game. But see, them dudes, if they get to the millions or whatever, they think, oh, they ain't got to look at them no more. They ain't got millions like me. That's how they do it, though. But anyway, with the Vargas shit, you know, uh, you know, he, I knew me and him was gonna beef because I said, oh, he, he think he tough, he gonna think he do all this other shit. So that's why they fined me ten thousand dollars after the fact, cause they was like, oh, you premeditated this, Ross. We got interviews with you from six months before. You was predicting that you was gonna smack him. <laughs> I was just using my comments. I said, listen, I was telling. Him, like news reporters before the fight were like, it might have been six months before the fight. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, if he walk up on me, I'm going to smack the shit out of him. <laughs> because I don't let, my dad always taught me this, though. You don't let another man walk up on you in your space. Because if he walk up in your space, he get this close. Don't say he you got snuck now. He got the right to hit you. Or you got the right to hit him. Whoever strike first. So... So you felt you wanted to strike first, the press conference. Oh, that was going to happen. It wasn't going to be nothing else. You know, he better be, he better been walking up throwing because we was going to be throw, both throwing. Because the thing is, when that happened, and like I was predicting, I was like, yeah, I'm going to end up having to hit him. He think he's going to walk up on me? It ain't going to happen. So what happened was we was at the press conference. I don't live in Vegas no more. I was, I was living in New Jersey. Y'all ain't even rep me either. New, New York or Newark. What you mean? Oh, that nigga from Buffalo. Who did Just you, saying, who, man. I was fighting with a world title. I, I needed New York City. Oh, yo, I seen I, Funk I, Flex. Funk Master Flex. I said, yo, you got to give me a shout out. I seen Funk Flex. I was like, right before I was going to fight, I said, Funk Flex. I said, he like, yeah, yeah, I got you. He ain't ever give me this shout. Hell yeah. Shit, I was like, yo. In Buffalo, Buffalo ain't give me the love either. Oh, so My boys was, but the city. 
Angels Us. Oh, yeah, it what, ain't just What happened? Stop me. I'm going to turn up. But turn up? Yo, Big I don't, Ross. I don't, think, I don't think I want to. I, I want to see what she's going to do, man. Big Ross. I'm curious. Boss, listen. <laughs> Stop jumping the story. <laughs> you get me in the story, you jump when it gets to your controversy. All right, all right. Did Richard still do you dirty as two for payment? Uh, Did he stop the fight for payment? Did Richard still do that? No. Were you a victim of dirty behavior? Were you know. a part of dirty behavior? Nah, because the thing is, I don't have nothing to do with that. All right, exactly. So you were the part yeah. of it. I no, no, no. He was a kid. He was a I kid. I just got an email just now. I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on you. He was a kid. I, I, I was waiting. That's why I was quiet. Wait for my source. Email. Yeah, wait for my source. Wait for my source. Huh? What's the email? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who emailed you? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Stop. Yeah, look, look. He, 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 he nah. does, you can't attack me now. You can't get attack me neither. Come on, man. Somebody emailed you. <laughs> That's crazy. Yo, what, what, that was quick. before we before hold on. You slapped him in the face. Right. Move on with the story. I'm gonna get into the controversy because I just got some information on you. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for my information. Come on, boy. Come on. Come on, boy. What? You said, All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boy. Why you set him up? He, you should have known. He should have known. He should have told you how to platform us. Yeah. I told you how to No, but I mean, like I say, man, Richard still, you know, I don't know, but the thing is. <laughs> no, listen. No, listen. No, listen. You're dancing for real. Nah, but the whole thing is, you know, with the with the. We on the bricks, man. We on the bricks. Shit. We on the bricks. We ain't got no liquor though. See, he told me he said they're gonna serve us liquor while we talk. That, y'all probably would have got a lot more out of me. <laughs> but then know, I would have went to Richard Still and be like, yo, Rich, man, I was drunk as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'll, get you, I'll get you a bottle before you leave. Shit. Show me. Don't they I, say that liquor bring out the truth? Yeah. 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 See, you know, the yeah. thing is, too, with this platform, we we, we, we don't we don't want to deal with the aftermath anymore. I just want that you know, drinking we, champs atmosphere. Nori, my boy. Yeah. Fucks with Nori, so. Shout, shout yeah. out to the drink champs. Shout out yeah. to the drink champs. Yeah. We just don't want, yeah. we don't want, we don't want any more of our guests to be calling us the day after and saying, take this clip out, this clip out. So that's why we don't serve the... See? Yeah, well, we don't, see, that's you know, what I'm saying. Do he asked any tough questions. Richard Steele no. might call you and be like, look, man, I don't need that type of stuff. I mean, about. shout out to Richard Steele, but dirty yeah. is dirty. Come on, man. <laughs> I said, hey, yo, she was flirty. Uh. <laughs> she had yellow wings. I call her birdie. <laughs> Come on, boss. Yo, Keisha, I know you're watching this. Yo, Keisha. Yo, Kiki, that's Richard's daughter. Do you love right me? now? She 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 calling my phone right now. All right, all right. Before we, <laughs> luckily I put this on vibrator. Like Y'all is damn. Uh, <laughs> I can see him and Killer Cam together. Man. Fifty-four. Oh, I got fifty-four <laughs> notifications because of you, man. Keisha still and all of them. You know. Let me ask you a question. Come on, man. You slapped him. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, like, get to, yeah. I'm gonna get to my email soon. Yeah. You slapped him. Yeah, yeah, no, but well, see, the thing is, you know, uh, I predicted this shit, you know. So what happened was, I, we had the press conference. I'm going to tell y'all what happened. We had the press conference. Bring us there, bring us there, let's go. So I'm, a, I'm, I was living in Jersey now. I wasn't in Vegas no more, but I'm still a former Las Vegan because I went to school. I went to Chaparral High School in Vegas. <laughs> so the Las Vegas News, 247, whatever, they like, oh, because they, they, they take in if you move to Vegas. Because, you know, there ain't too many real Vegas fighters. E.J. Smith, I think, 
He's the only guy who was a born Las Vegas. Most of the guys moved to Vegas, like Floyd and everybody else, come from other places to further their career to go to Vegas, fight capital of the world. So, you know, they looking at me like, oh, the former Las Vegas, Chaparral High School Zone, Ross Thompson, is fighting for the world title. So I'm, so the press conference is about to start. So, But the local news, they want to do a little interview with me. before. So, boom, we doing an interview. Gary Shaw, who's the promoter. Don King, that's why Don King a bitch. He ain't even, oh, he is. Real shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Don King didn't even come because he was mad like a little bitch he was mad because now nah, I'm going to make me go into another story oh yeah, Don, Don King, yeah. Don this, King, finish this story Don first King, <laughs> you go Don King I love this guy fuck <laughs> he fucked me you know he didn't pay me what he supposed to pay me or whatever well, we actually had a chance to get out of country he knew I was the number one contender so he was like oh Ross number one contender he, go, he win this fight but you shorted me. How much you shorted you? Give us numbers. He shorted me twenty thousand. Well, he owed me forty thousand from like because he owed me four fights at twenty thousand a pop. Okay, four at twenty thousand eighty. Minimum. Well, that's a minimum purse. Okay. So you know it's a negotiable from twenty thousand and up. So he owed me a twenty thousand minimum of twenty thousand dollar fight. So so we could just say he owed me forty thousand because he only gave me two fights. Yeah, minimum was twenty thousand. Okay, so you you keeping at the minimum right right now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, got yeah. It. but it would have been more probably. But, you know, the minimum was 20000 or whatever. He he owed me four fights, but he gave me two. So he owed me two more. So, okay, what was the two? Huh? What was the two? Yes. Well, he just owed me two because at the start of the contract, it say four fights a year. From April of 99 to April of 2000, he should have got me four fights. Got he it. He didn't. It don't say who the opponent would be. Mm-hmm. It just say, like, I fought in the eliminator. But the reason why I signed with Don King was to get to the title. Don King had the guy, this kid named Antonio Starchild, Reese. This kid out of Washington, D.C. They was building him up. He called him the Starchild. They thought he was going to be a star, whatever. <laughs> I, I destroyed that shit. So, you know, Debbie King, Don King's uh, daughter, was managing him. You know, Don King was his promoter. His daughter was the manager where they were building Starchild. I mean, he's kind of Vegas when I was still living in Vegas. They, a couple of people were like, oh, yeah, he, he a bad boy. He's a little fancy fighter. Knock out a lot of people, or whatever. So, so we, me and my manager, my manager signed with Nick Garone in Jersey. He said, "Well, you in the top ten now, so we, I'm gonna set you up and put you in an eliminator." You know, the two two top ten contenders fight each other. The winner gonna become the mandatory contender for the champion. So he's like, well, "I'm looking through the rankings, Ross Winky Wright." He's going through all these different names. Got the Antonio Reese. We are gonna fight Antonio Reese. He said, but we got to sign with the devil. I said, who's the devil? Don King. Because Don King was the promoter of Antonio Reese. So we didn't have a promoter. I just had my manager. We was doing our own thing. And uh, we got to go to Don to get the fight. So he called Don King. Boom. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to match Ross and eliminate it with Antonio Reese. Don King said, oh, yeah, come on. But you got to sign with me. I signed with him. You know what he said? And I'm... Okay, he got Antonio Reese, but he got Ross Thompson too. But guess what he said? Because his daughter managed Antonio Reese. He said, "Yeah, I gotta come. Y'all gotta come to D.C. to fight us." And that's where Antonio Reese from? From Washington D.C. Fight gonna be at the MCI Center in Washington D.C. Y'all gonna fight the winner be the number one contender, Vargas. So I gotta go to the man backyard, you know, D.C. and fight him. You know, boom, handle my business. You know, whatever, boom. So 
That was April of 99. Then he didn't fight me again. He didn't give me another fight until December of 99. You know, so December of 99 fought Derrick Graham. Derrick Graham from Newark. We trained together at uh, Red Brick Gym in Newark. But his manager came to my, they both was Italian, my manager and his manager. They said, oh, Vinny was like, oh, yeah, you know, Nick, my guy. Because Derrick Graham had fought Winky Wright, and he lost in a, in a different eliminator. So when Derrick Graham lost to Winky Wright, he said, oh, well, uh, he went to the IBF and was like, oh, well, Derrick Graham deserves another chance. Let him fight Ross now. He already lost to Winky Wright. So me and Derrick Graham fought. Derrick Graham on a 12-round decision. You know, and then I. So boom. Now I'm number one, like, undisputed. Ain't no question. Because they could have said Winky Wright. But Vargas had just fought Winky Wright. In a controversial decision. He really lost that fight. A lot of people said, you know. And, uh, but he beat Winky Wright and I beat Derrick Graham. Okay, now Ross and uh, Vargas going to fight. But I'm like, when? Don King, like, hold on. Throwing me on the shelf. He said, Ross, just rest. You about to make the biggest money you're going to ever make. And you fight for the title. You know, I'm like, I am like, I need to be busy, though. You know. Because I, I, I fought Vargas in August of 2000. And I, the last fight before that was December of 99. I fought Derrick Graham December of 99. Vargas fought Wiggy Wright December of 99. We fought the same month. But then he fought Ike Corte. In April of 2000. So I'm going into the Vargas fight without a fight at all. He just fought Ike Corte. Then I fought him in August of 2000. You know, and That was one of the reasons why you know I was trying to get out of the contract with Don King before the Vargas fight. So, you know, by then, Don King, oh, Ross, I'm going to get you the biggest payday and this and that. He's talking all this good stuff, you know, which he was lying, you know. So he said, oh, Ross, well, I'm going to do a new contract. All you got to do... You win this fight, you're going to fight Trinidad for the minimum of a million dollars, your next fight. He said, if you lose to Vargas, your next fight will be a minimum of $100,000 against any opponent you and your manager name. You can fight a bum for $100,000. That'll be your next fight if you lose. But if you win, you fight Trinidad for a million. So he made a sign that. He said, if you win, you're going to fight Trinidad for a million, your next fight. And Vargas fought Trinidad after I fought But... Um, he said, but if you lose, you're going to get 100000 to fight a bum. And he's going to get a tune-up fight and get you a free one. And then he didn't honor it. You know, because the thing is, after I lost to Vargas, he threw me on the shelf. Mm. You know, So what he did was he knew he owed me the $100,000 fight within 90 days after the Vargas fight. He knew it, or it was 120 days it might have been. He knew he owed me the $100,000 fight Against any opponent, me and my manager with a name for hundred thousand dollars. So he, what he did was he just started ignoring us. So what he did was so when Trinidad, so I fought Vargas in August of two thousand. Vargas fought Trinidad in December of two thousand, right after he fought me. So William Joppy was was fighting on the undercard. He was a world champion at the time. He was WBA middleweight champion. So he was on the undercard of that big pay-per-view show with Trinidad and Vargas. Mm. He's one of the, you know, feature fights on the undercard. So his opponent pulled out, like the week of the fight. So Don King come calling my manager. We got Ross a title fight. We got him a big opportunity. He got to move up to one sixty. 
And he can fight William Joppy for the world title. He's going to fight for the title in two fights in a row. That's that $100,000 fight we owe. He, he, we owe you. No. It was the world. You said it was against a bum. Not against a world champion. But we giving you another chance to fight for the world. You don't turn down a world title fight. That come once in a lifetime opportunity. I said, nah. Because the thing, I knew for me, I was weighing about 200. And it's Monday. I got to be 160 by Friday. Nah. Mm. It ain't going to happen. I don't know. I wasn't in training because they ain't give me no fights. Then they're going to call me on a couple of days notice talking about, yeah, Friday come fight uh, William Joppy. His opponent fell out so you can come jump in and make 160 by Friday. I was weighing like I'm about 200 pounds. Like, ain't no way I'm going to get down to 160 in five days. Mm-hmm. I said, listen. So he said, well, I gave you the fight I owed you. I don't have to give it to you now. Yeah. Wow. Which was wrong. Like, you know, so that's when me and my manager was suing him. I was like, look, man, you owe me the fight. He said, well, I offer you that. No, you don't. It didn't say on the contract you can call me on Friday notice. But he know it take time for y'all to train. Like, right. Well, of course. You know He's a boxing person. He knows yeah. it's common sense. Right. It's just common stuff that, boom, you got to get a man time to train, let him get ready. Right. Give him 60 days. Get ready for Give him a training camp. Don't get him off the couch and say, come fight Friday. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and he said, well, I honored my part of the contract. Oh, that's crazy. Y'all be the judge of that. Nah, that's did not, he he's, honor it though? Nah, he's he's wild. Come on, man. Kyla. He did, but he <laughs> don't be dancing. He did. <laughs> oh, oh. Now I'm, I'm 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 looking at this fight between you and Vargas. Man, Kyla, stop he... watching that, man. Watch so the first two rounds. <laughs> first two rounds because the third round. I'm, now I'm gonna just tell y'all what happened. All he told my boys is what happened was you know I was whooping his ass. You know, the third rounds dominating him still. Then they took a point. He kept hitting me behind the head because he couldn't hit me clean. So every time he had to get a chance to get a cheap shot. And I could have complained after the fight. Like, look, them, head, them back behind the head shot took my equilibrium. I never complained once about that. But I could have did that. But I ain't one of them fighters who make excuses. But that was a factor. What took my equilibrium hit me behind the head. That's a spot on your brain. It take your equilibrium anyway. So the whole thing is he was doing that the whole fight. And he took a point. Right when they took a point. I went to the neutral corner when they was taking a point. I was thinking to myself, yo, I'm about to be world champ. Because when they took the point, I was thinking, like, oh, they in my favor. Because mm. usually the favorite fighter, they don't want, they ain't going to take a point away from him. So when they was taking the point, I'm like, oh, the referee, because it was Joe Cortez, he always fair. He was fair. He was like, Fergus, you fouled him. I'm taking the point. A lot of times with the favorite guy, they're going to keep warning him, but they ain't going to take a point. He took the point. I'm like, yo, I'm in the neutral corner getting ahead of myself. I'm about to be world champ. I'm winning. <laughs> so I lost focus. I'm telling you, I mm-hmm. lost focus. So Vargas and them, they was, they game plan was to throw the lead left hook right hand because I always fought, you know, the left hand down and I always was taught to knock down the jab, but check for the hook. So that's why I kept my hand here because the jab is the most important punch in boxing. So my, a lot of my trainers, they always taught me instead of always having to worry about slipping the jab, keep your hand there. You always going to knock it down anyway. Your reflex is going to catch it because you got good reflexes. But just be checking for the hook. Because when you your hand here, you got your left hand down, you got the shoulder to protect against the right hand, you're going to roll it. Got good reflexes, you got to do that. But you have to check for the hook. If your hand here to block that jab. Because that you know the guy, if he's a smart fighter, the typical fighter ain't going to throw that. But the smart fighter going to faint, then come with the hook. So he, he think I'm going to go for it, here come the hook. Because I went down here, Boom. 
that's why they always taught me. Check. Boom, boom. Like, check. Bring the hand back. Always be anticipating that left foot going to come too. So that's why I, like, I try to teach my guys what my coaches taught me. I, mm. I trained with some of the best guys, you know, but they always taught me, you know, to anticipate the other shot coming. So the whole thing is, so that's what I you? was doing the whole fight with Vargas before they took the point. Mm. And that's why he was getting frustrated because he couldn't hit me clean. So then in that little bit after the um point deduction, that's when he knocked me down. That one punch changed the whole fight. Because it took my legs, took my equilibrium, never got my legs back. And the thing was, I had to lose, what, 60 pounds or whatever. So my legs was weak anyway, but I always used to mentally rehydrate myself. After the weigh-in, I used to eat good and drink. Like missing all that water I was missing out on. Drink all these Gatorades and waters. and Okay, I'm good. Mentally, I said that. Mm. But really, your body going to shock when you lose all that weight. And then you got to get back in the ring 24 hours. After, then you gain 20 pounds, 24 hours. Pig out, drink all this juice and Gatorade, all this other shit. Then get back in the ring. The next day, I weighed 173 pounds. I was 153 the day before. Your body going to shock, though. So, you know, thing is, you know, he caught me with the punch. I always don't give him credit because, you know, as a champion, he figured it out. Mm-hmm. Because I can't just say, oh, well, I shouldn't have lost focus. So that's my fault. So it's my responsibility to stay focused. I remember my manager used to always say, well, just stay focused. I could always hear him screaming that when I'm fighting. You know, certain things you would hear. So, so, so I ain't going to say, oh, well, it was because of this. And at the end of the day, like, it was my responsibility to stay focused, you know. And, you know, I, I would have went on and became a world champion, but I got ahead of myself. Sitting in that neutral corner, I'm like, yo, I'm world champ. Like, I had already won, and I hadn't won shit yet. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was a tough one to, to come back from, man, you know. Like, mentally, in boxing, man. Like, people always like, oh, Ross, you got all the skills in the world. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to get all this money. People will be telling you this, but they don't know, like, how the shit you go through to get to that point. And then, like, like that fight, like, it was hard to mentally come back from. Because then, just me being the fuck up that I was, though, you know. Like, I even had to have to deal with my managers having patience with me after that fight. After the situation with Don King, Don King threw me on the shelf for a year. Because we was trying to get out of the country. He was like, I ain't letting you go. Even though he breached the deal, he still was like, I ain't letting you go. And I thought he was just going to make me sit for four years. But after a full, it was like 14 months, he sent out a release. He sent us a release. He released me out the contract. He said, y'all free to do what you want to do. And then he was telling the whole boxing world, Ross is a, a not a loyal guy. I got him his biggest payday, and he fucked me. He walked away from me after the fight. I got him the most money he ever made. He ain't, he ain't understand. Say with everything else that happened. He just was telling a lot of people in the boxing world, oh, Ross, he's a bad person. You know? Did he get you the most money you ever made? Yeah, I made damn near half a million dollars for the Vargas fight. But he didn't even do that because, oh, uh, see. No, I got, I got more than what I was, because I'm just telling you about boxing. See, now they're going to say I'm snitching. Yep, I'm about to snitch. Because guess what? In boxing, what they do is they steal from the fighters. You know, that's what they do. They st- like, see, in boxing, they look at boxers, oh, dude, them boxers, they uneducated. NBA players, they went to college. NFL, they went to college. Boxers, oh, them street dudes. 
Get them a little crumb. They be happy. That's how they do it. And I be talking to a lot of boxers. I be like, don't be dumb. Because a lot of boxers can fight their ass off, but they dumb. They, a lot of boxers, really dumb. They let people. I watched Yori Boy Campus fight Oscar De La Hoya. He made 25000 and Oscar made $5 million. How he making $5 million? You only making. And they throw him some crumbs, the Mexican motherfuckers. They threw Yori Boy Campus 25000 and say, be happy. And why they took the pot. Because this time. See, I'm about to snitch. Fuck this. Fuck boxing. Because the whole thing is, in boxing, man, what they do is, like, I could have this kid as a youngster. And this this at the smallest level. Because he's a four-round fighter. He, he ain't even turned pro in professional boxing yet. He UFC. He pro. Which you 7-0 is a UFC. Yeah, okay, a guy like him, if he turned bo pro boxing. He do boxing and MMA. UFC and pro boxing. But, um, so I could have him as in a four-round fight. And I said, I got Solomon Renfro. I call it a promoter. Okay, Rod. Well, well, I got this kid. I want to test him against Solomon. And if if I know if he beats Solomon, Ross, then I know I got a guy that I can sign. So, Ross, I need you to get Solomon to take the fight, though. So, Ross, it's $5,000 on the table. But I'm going to give you the $5,000, Ross. But I need you to convince. You can keep four and give him 1000 That's what they do. And the... They don't care about the fighter. They will tell me, Ross, you go to Solomon and tell him to take him. We're giving you 5000 but you you can pay him what you want to pay him. We don't care. They don't. That man over there, he don't care if fucking we buy him, whoever. Oh, I don't care. You just get, we need you to deliver Solomon to the ring as a body against my guy. If they want their guy to win. They're going to say, um, Solomon, take the fight. How much, Ross? Oh, it's only a thousand, but it's really five. I would That's what they do in boxing. Don't even use my name in this scenario. That's somebody else's name. I'm just saying. I, I, I feel you. Like, I feel. I feel. Now, see, this is, I'm just man, come on, man. I love to do. Like, I wouldn't even. But that's. I I'm just telling you. My name like that. Like, I'm, that's what they mm -hmm. do to boxers. Though. Let's say Chris. Right, Chris. Joe. <laughs> somebody else. Joe Black. <laughs> Joe Black. Joe Boxer. You know, but that's what yeah. they do in boxing. They will say, "Oh." So what they did when I fought Vargas, because um, they don't never want the boxer to get paid, you know. Tom King and my manager was talking. So they was negotiating my purse for the Vargas fight. So I was in, see, a lot of boxers don't know this. I, kn I always knew the rules of boxing. A lot of boxers, they could fight their ass off, but they ain't smart. But I pay attention. I read shit. So I always knew the rules of the IBF. If you're the number one contender, you negotiate honestly with a, with the other promoter for a purse, but if y'all don't, the IBF give a deadline. They gonna say we gonna give y'all thirty days to agree on a purse for both fighters. If y'all don't agree within that thirty days, we go into purse bid. Once they go to purse bid, any promoter in the world could bid on the fight. Like Vargas was a uh, was with main events, Lou Duva and them back then. I was with Don King, so they gotta make a deal. To agree on my purse and Vargas' purse for that fight is mandatory, or they're gonna strip Vargas for his title, and then I'm gonna fight for the vacant title if they can't agree to a purse. But they're gonna strip Vargas, so you know they going back and forth or whatever. So I knew that I get 25 percent of the pot. So I read, and I remember right after um uh, Vargas beat Ike Corte, HBO had signed him to a contract. His minimums was 1.3 million. So I read. 
like a lot of boxers, they don't under, pay attention or whatever, because they don't be knowing stuff. So, 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 I, so, so I already, I remember when I seen it, way back in April of 2000, I said, after he beat um, Aykroyd, I said, oh, they just gave him one point. I said, oh, shit, I'm going to get paid when I fight him. Because they get 75-25 split. I'm the mandatory contender. I said, oh, they're they going to have to pay me now. Ain't gonna be no, cause what they'll say is, cause my biggest purse before the Vargas fight was twenty five thousand, you know. So they was like, so when they start negotiating, I'll give him a hundred. They thinking I'm dumb. I don't know. So when they first offer, oh, we'll give Ross a hundred. We'll give him a hundred thousand. He gonna be happy. He never paid that kind of money. So my manager called. He's like, well, they they want to offer a hundred. I said, hell no. My manager was like, Ross, you sure? I was like, hell. I said, uh uh-uh. uh. Half a million, cause I was. I was going a little high. I knew what the fight was worth. I said, you just got to do the math. Maybe some boxers don't know the math, but 1.3 million, and then you got to, that's 75% of the pot. What's left? I was like, it was about 350, four, 400,000. What should be left? Because they got to, in order to give Vargas his minimum, they got to um, bid 1.8 million maybe. So he can get 75% of that pot. So that's why I was like, man, do the subtraction and the addition. Like, boom. So they got to give me. So I told my manager, I'm like, yo, they got, I said, man, they, his minimum is 1.3 million. I said, we got them by the balls. So my manager's like, yeah, you're right, Ross. So he started talking back to Don King. He like, no, nah, we want. I was like, I told my manager, I was like, just bid high. He, so he went back. He's like, yeah, we want half a million. Don King, like, you crazy. Ross' biggest purse was 25000 How he going to make, uh, Half a million. How he can't go that high? He can't jump purses that. We're giving him a hundred thousand. That's the biggest purse. Nope. On HBO? No. Yeah, I ain't sure of me. So you know he's going back and forth. So then, so they want. See so the thing is, they was hyping the Trinidad Vargas fight. So they they was like, Trinidad need to get his mandatory out the way, and Vargas need to get his mandatory out the way, so they don't get stripped and they fight and unify against each other. So they was saying, okay, let's get that out the way. So. It was like, whoa, boom. So then main events calling Don King, like, well, why Ross ain't agreeing? You know, Don King, he start calling my manager. They're like, we need, don't you want Trinidad and Vargas to fight for the title? If he unified, if he, because uh, he could have said, I'm going to vacate the title and Ross could fight somebody. Because they did threaten it. They was like, well, we'll vacate. Then what, Ross? You ain't going to make a big money. You're going to make short money probably fighting for the vacant title. You and Winky right. Winky Wright wasn't really that marketable back then. He was just like me, a name who could fight, black brother who could fight. But then had, but he got his reputation a little bit after that, more, you know what I'm saying? So they knew if it was me and Winky Wright, we was just two good black boxers. Barbara M told me when I was 19 years old, black fighters come a dime a dozen. So they don't care about black fighters. They care about white fighters, Puerto Rican, they say they, or Mexican, they say they the one who sells tickets. They always say black fighters don't sell. Don't nobody support him. You know, unless we make him a star. Like, we made Floyd a star. We made a De La Hoya a star. We made a Sugar Ray Leonard a star. So that's what they do, you know. So it ain't about, oh, they sell tickets. We made those guys that, you know. So so that's what they were saying, you know, with my situation. So they was like, Ross got to take that money. And I told my manager, I'm like, look, man, I'm not taking no short money. So, you know, I'm like, so he's going back and forth. So that's when main events got involved instead of we dealing with our promoter who was Don King. Because my promoter, Don King, was telling my manager, he was like, look, he started fucking with my manager. He said, look, um, Nick, 
And my manager was kind of a newer guy in the boxing at the time. He had, he had only been in boxing for about a, maybe two, three years, you know. So Don King been in boxing since the 70s. This was 2000. He had been in boxing since the 70s. So he got way more experience to negotiate with Nick, Nick Garone. So he telling, he running the okie dope. Like I was real cool with um, Carl King, Don King's son. Me, because when I fought that kid Antonio Reese, Carl King was like, whoop his ass, Ross. That motherfucking star child, he be having my sister doing drugs. He said Debbie King was doing shit or whatever. So he was like, yeah, whoop his ass, bro. He wanted me to win. And after I whooped Antonio Reese, had Carl King always had love for me. So me and Carl King was close. We was cool as hell. So Don King used that against me. So he went to Nick and was like, yeah, uh, Ross. I mean, he's like, yeah, Nick. Uh, Ross, you think he's your friend? He really, he calls up to the office all the time trying to sign with Carl to make my manager go against me. If my manager think, oh, Ross betraying me behind my back. Because Don King telling him this lies. So that make Nick think like, shit, uh-huh. Oh, Ross, oh. Because Don King saying, listen, we're going to give him 100000 and we're going to take two fifty and split the rest. That's what he telling my manager. Give Ross 100000 He'll be happy. He ain't never made that kind of money. Then we're going to split the rest, Nick. They, that's illegal. That's stealing. You know what I'm saying? That's wrong. They're trying to steal 250 from me. My manager was like, I don't do business like that. He didn't, he's like, I don't do business like that. You know? So, boom. You know, and uh, they was going back and forth for whatever. And he kept trying to tell him, oh. Because he's telling Nick an uh, old story from Tim Witherspoon, all these guys that he had promoted in the 70s and 80s. Bro, uh, Nick, fighters just fuck you. They not shit, Nick. Why do you trust these fighters? They're going to fuck you. Look, we're going to split the money. Ross going to be happy. He'll get the 100000 Everybody walk home happy. The man got to get in the ring. You want to sh- give him the short money. We the ones got to get in the ring. You know, and that's what they tried to do. So, at the point, it got to the point where, um, I guess, main events started showing impatience with Don King. But they like, well... You not uh, you know you, you not delivering like they wanted him to deliver. Cause I'm not agreeing. Me and my manager, we not agreeing on that shit. So, so then they they put a little okey doke trick. They told him they they called instead of Don King calling, they called my manager. He said, "Well, guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna have Vargas vacate, vacate, and he just challenged Trinidad for the title. Still gonna be a super fight, even though it ain't a unification. Cause they wanted it to be a unification." Both of them, WBC and WBA champion, unifying. So he's like, yeah, Vargas going to vacate. So y'all go fight Winky Wright for 50000 You could have got a hundred if you would have fought Fernando. But y'all go fight Winky, y'all going to get like 50000 Because they're going to do a purse bid. Ain't nobody going to bid high. They're going to bid about 50000 ESPN gonna, It's going to be on ESPN, not HBO. Y'all going to fight on ESPN. So go ahead. That's what they were telling us. Me and, my, me and Nick, we were scared. We was like, oh, shit. What if they do it? They was caught. We was, but we calling they bluff. We like, but we scared because we like, damn. Because we knew 350 was what we supposed to get. When they agree, it's going to be 350. Once they say, fuck it, it's going to be 350. So we like, damn, what if they vacate? They right. We're going to fight Winky Wright for 50,000 on ESPN instead of Vargas for 350, what we deserve instead of the 100 on HBO. So I'd rather fight on HBO than ESPN. You know, so. I'm like, damn, damn, they, we worried, we nervous, 
couple of days. They let it. They let like three or four days go by. The happiest moment of my life. They called me like Don King just called. He said, "Man, just what he said, Ross. Y'all got y'all money. Click." <laughs> and they agreed, man. It was like three days later. Don King usually when he call you, he gonna be talking. He gonna be jolly. He gonna be making conversation. Nick was like, man, he called me. He said, y'all got y'all money. Click. That ain't Don King. Because he always going to greet you and give you all this conversation. That day, he was like, man, I ain't never seen him at a loss for words like that. The fog is fine. You think that uh, you, you deserve that loss? You think the referee stopped it? it was just I, I actually, when I, like when I watch it, I mean, even, you know, at the time, I watch it. I always say, man, they shouldn't have stopped it. Because I was blocking the punches. Like, you know, he knocked me down a couple of times. And I was just, so when I went, I went to the ropes. Because I knew I couldn't stay in the middle of the ring. Because I didn't have no legs. He took my legs when he caught me with that equilibrium shot. Did y'all ever see when Mike Tyson fought Trevor Burbick? He knocked him down with the tempo shot. And Burbick got up, fell right back down. Tried to get back up. Because his equilibrium was gone. It wasn't mm-hmm. even punches. Because the equilibrium shot, it take your legs. Right. Make your legs go to the rubber. You know. Yeah, when he when he knocked you down, he he stood over you and talked to you because you slapped him, right? Right, <laughs> right. He tried to you know do his little shit, and then then he trying to tell everybody he spit on me, which he never did, mm. you know, because but he you know cause he got his mouthpiece in for one, but you know he made a gesture when he stood over me like yeah motherfucker I got you whatever you know then he whatever that's why you know one of them knocked out jumped up kind of screaming like fuck you because I wasn't hurt. Like he, you know, it was just my legs was like go down. So you don't think the ref saved you? Cause I seen, I seen nah, it when, when the because, fight stopped. Because it, like the thing is, I just was like this. Yeah, like, but he could have. You know what I did? What I did? I knew I could. If I, when I stayed in the middle of the ring, that's why he kept dropping me because I'm sitting in the middle of the ring, kind of vulnerable. Mm. So once I went to the ropes, I kind of had my little, you know, strategy. Where I just, okay, I'm gonna just keep my hands here, and I always had good eyes. Always had good eyes. And good reflexes. But they also said that, that that's a strong play on the ropes, though, right? Well, for me, like well, a lot well, of guys, no, for him, they say they saying if, nah. if he gets you in the ropes, that's that's fuck him. Nah, what? Listen, <laughs> you can't hit like like you can take the great who's Julio Caesar Chavez. You watch him against Pernell Whitaker, miss all night, block, slip, whatever. They say, oh, Chavez is a monster. He couldn't hit him though. You take Floyd Mayweather against. I ain't gonna say De La Hoya, but I'm gonna say a lot of great fighters, all the great fighters he fought. He took they, he took they strengths right away, cause he he making them miss. So what I was doing with the Vargas fight, it wasn't I, I ain't gonna say oh I was going, cause I don't know I, I don't think I was conditioned enough to really get back like I wanted to, but I could have at least I could have I could have went in there and made it through twelve rounds probably, mm-hmm. and maybe I would have been more than prevent defense. Right. You know, I might would have been making sure I don't get caught again. You know, because in, in the situation when he caught me, it was just me losing the focus. Shot that he was missing all night before that. He watched the first couple of rounds before he wasn't landing them. But he caught me at that vulnerable moment or whatever. So when I went into the shell, when I went to the ropes, when they stopped the fight, I was just like, okay, let me get my legs back. So I don't know if my legs would have came back, though, because, you know, I had to put my body through a lot to lose all the weight and all that. And, just losing and gaining weight and starving myself. So, but I but I went to that ropes at that moment. I'm like, okay, boom. I'm safe. I was in like safe because I ain't in the middle of the ring. You know, I ain't more, I'm, I'm less vulnerable 
to get hit. I'm in my little shell. I just went to a shell. Okay, I could protect myself. Mm-hmm. I've been boxing since I was a kid, so I always could protect myself of getting hit. So, so that's why I was like, okay, let me just block. Because I, I wasn't worried about moving my head no more, doing all this. I said, let me just block. So I'm just keep my hands up. He was trying to cut through, but he couldn't. Like he tried to knock my hand down. He couldn't land. He couldn't get through. He was hitting nothing but gloves when the referee stopped it. He just said, well, Ross, you wasn't throwing back. So that's what sometimes a referee can say, well, you're not responding. He threw 10 punches and you didn't throw one back. So I got the right to – that's how Joe Cortez – I mean, I can respect it too, though. I ain't going – you know, I couldn't really – I didn't argue. I didn't say, oh, you shouldn't have stopped it. I, I kind of accepted it. like Because he did throw about 10 punches. All was blocked, though, on the gloves. You know, it wasn't hitting me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like if you look at my whole career, man, you can say, okay, Ross got some losses, but I never took a beating. Never took a beating and nothing. Don't like, a lot of guys you see who's world champions, top contenders, whatever, them dudes took beatings. A lot of them dudes, they took beatings. A lot of these boxers, you couldn't even be up here interviewing right now because they punchy. Yeah, hold on, hold a lot on. of my friends, punchy. And I love them niggas. But a lot of boxers... They get punchy. A lot of boxers be dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, I always kept my intelligence. always kept my mind. always, I ain't, I ain't one of them boxers who can't talk. Fucked all up and in the days looking around like this. Punch drunk. I ain't never, I always proud of myself, for, you know, having a defense. Oh, I still got reflexes. Like, like when I got in the ring with Floyd or whatever. I saw it. Like Floyd, you know, he, you know, he. He still got his quickness, and he still stay in shape. Like, I'm fat now, and I've gained all this weight. I ain't in shape, but I'm still fast. You know what I'm saying? Because like, mm. people be like, oh, Ross, you, it's over for you. Okay, keep thinking that. Hold I on, can still on. get in the ring. Right, slow mm. down, slow down, slow down. So when he knocked you down the fourth round, he stood over you. Yeah. You sure he ain't spit? It looked like you sure he ain't uh, spit on you? He just was talking shit. You know, he, uh, that's why when I got up on that, not, it he, looked like spit to me. No, nah, no, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gonna fuck with me? Nah, something no. fell out. <laughs> no, I'm right, watching. That's, that's I'm watching shit. it now. Nah, I know what he's doing. No, I'm not. Watching all that. right, go ahead. No, with no, that no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's why you got up mad. Look. <laughs> no, because when, when he knocked me down, he, G, look. he said <laughs> something. He said, "Punk look, G, bitch," look. whatever he said. Oh, okay. Look like okay, okay. He was saying some shit like "punk bitch," "punk bitch" or whatever. Oh, so it was a sweat and stuff. It looked like. Yeah, it might have been yeah, a sweat or whatever come out. Okay. But you can't spit through a mouthpiece. No, it makes sense. You got to take your mouthpiece out to spit. I apologize. Because yeah, yeah, no, like, you was mad. He said he said something to you because you tried to get him mad. Now yeah, because know. he was like, punk bitch, whatever he said when he knocked me down. Okay, and I jumped up like, motherfucker, you lucky as hell that yeah, I'm fucked gone, up. My legs fucked up right now. I said, I'll whoop your ass. You know, because it wasn't like he knocked me out. You know, he didn't even hit me hard. He just hit me in the spot. And boxing, man, is pressure points. You can hit a motherfucker I, I, in a certain I, I, I spot. I can see you trying to like get your, get everything back together. You're blinking a couple of times and yeah. trying to get it back together. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Me. You said earlier today that your whole career been controversial. Yeah. Get into that. Well, you know, just with, with within the media, and like, like I'm gonna tell you, man. Like I was when I was 17 on the USA team. Like when I got on. No, this is how my the controversy <laughs> started though. I was 17 on the USA team. You was a kid. Yeah, I was a kid, whatever. So me being, a, the, I was the youngest member on the team. When I got on the team, De La Hoya was on the team. Mm-hmm. He was uh, six months older than me. We both were 17, but I was I was born in June. He was born in February. So I, I got on the USA team. I was top dog or whatever. So we fought in the world championship. We all, as a USA team, we went to the world championship in Sydney, Australia, the year before the 92 Olympics. So it was the world championships, world amateur boxing championship. So, you know, I won my first fight at the World Championships 
Then the second night I fought the tall Cuban. The Cubans always dominating the amateurs. Most of the Cuban team get all the gold medals. So I was fighting the tall Cuban, Juan Hernandez. He's a two-time world cha amateur champion. He's 6'4", 147. I beat his ass. Like, I was whooping his ass. I mean, he, he won the fight, though. But, he, you know, he was tall. He jabbed on his little long jab or whatever. But, you know, I... My first fight, how I impressed USA Boxing was, and, and then uh, the second fight with, with the Cuban, mm -hmm. who was way more experienced than me. I was 17. He was a 26-year-old man or whatever, and he already was a um, 88 Olympian, and he won a two-time world champion. So, you know, he the guy or whatever. So he, and when I fought him the second night, they like, oh, let's see where Ross really at. He fought Because I had fought a couple international fights before that. So I was just getting my international experience on the USA team. So, so then when I fought him, you know, after that fight, USA Boxing Coach was like, Ross is our next superstar. Like, they was going to uh, make me like a star, you know. And they was going to, like, tout me like how they did Oscar De La Hoya. Because De La Hoya, that's how he became the golden boy and all that. And, you know, he was coming up with us. And then when he, he won the gold medal in 92. They made him the golden boy and all that shit. So they were going to. Put me in that category because I was very young, being young as dude or whatever. So then when I, so at that same tournament, we in Australia, me and a couple other fighters. So we lost. Like, the tournament lasts like three weeks. I lost like in the second week or whatever. So I got a whole 12 days in Australia fucking around. So a lot of only ones who made it to the uh, uh, medal round was De La Hoya, uh, Eric Griffin, and Larry Dunno. Three guys on our team made Rest of us, no, Vernon Forrest actually made it. It wasn't Larry. Yeah, Larry Dono, Eric, Eric Griffin, and uh, De La Hoya. No, I, no, De La Hoya lost, actually, I meant. De La Hoya lost early, too. He lost the first day, actually. So it was Tim Austin, Griffin, and Larry Dono. Those were the three who made it to the medal. So all of us other nine dudes, we out. We in Sydney, Australia. Hmm. We out here getting bitches. We out here talking to chick. We at the we got the hotel, the mall connected to our hotel. We having fun. But the coach's rule was don't have girls. You can't bring girls to your room. That's the rule. I'm seventeen years old, eighteen, whatever I was. I'm the youngest dude on the team. So so we got in some trouble with some girls, you know. See, don't start that shit. Because it was a controversial thing. That's what I tell you, it was controversy. You know, some shit happened, whatever. What happened? <laughs> uh, see, yeah. Google it. I don't even. Oh. No, you probably got to Google Australia. It was all over the Australian news. What happened? What happened? You were the Indian giver, man. <laughs> you were Indian. You, you, you okay, thought I did. You, you probably gonna Google this shit or whatever. <laughs> but this shit was all over on Australia. It was all over Australian news. All right, so it's public. It's, it's public knowledge. USA boxer then. knocks out a female. Over it's here. public knowledge. Then all right, so we can talk USA about it. USA boxer. It's the world championships. It's countries from all over the world at this tournament in Australia. So, you know, we got some little chicks, bring them to our hotel. We out the tournament, so we ain't fighting no more. We got to be still stay here for another two weeks. Mm -hmm. so we just having fun, the fighters who got eliminated. We having fun. We getting girls doing our thing, partying or whatever. Because we ain't in the tournament no more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just going to enjoy our time in Australia. Shit, you in Australia. It's pretty beautiful over there. Nice the women love us. Yeah. They love Americans. Come over there. We had our USA outfits on. That's going to get you some pussy. As soon as, you, <laughs> no, as soon as they look at that USA, oh, oh. Oh, he got the USA? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Girl's going to give it to you. You're going to get it. You know, that's how it is over there. Let's Off go. The top, you know. <laughs> no, but that's how it was back then. You know? 
Tell so, us, tell the story. Man. So, so boom, we we having fun. You hyping this guy up, man. So, 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 so now, I, so I tell, and I'm I'm the young boy because Larry Donald was 24, Tim Austin was like 21. I'm the young boy, but I'm like, yo, I, I got some drink. chicks. I'm like, yo, I got some chicks. I was like, she got two friends. Right. Me, Eric, me, Eric, um, no, me, me, Eric Griffin, Larry Donald. Because this was after the tournament was over, actually, though. Mm-hmm. Eric Griffin had just won the gold medal. So I said, I'm going to get you some pussy, E. He's a little dude. He's 106 pounds. I said, I'm going to get you. I got you some pussy, dude. I got three chicks. So Tim Austin and Larry Donald. No, me and Larry Donald was roommates. Eric Griffin and uh, Tim Austin was roommates. So I'm like, yo, come on. I got, I got some chicks. I met them at that mall. You know, they come into the room. It's, it's going to be three girls. Well, four. My girl and three other ones for y'all. So, boom, we having fun. We there chilling. We get to the room. You know, so I'm in my room with my chick, Larry in his room, Eric Griffin and Tim Austin in the room. So I was talking to the one chick. I heard a boom. I heard a bang. I was like, yo, what the fuck was that? Come in the room. The girl knocked the fuck out. Tim hit the chick. Boom. He hit her. Her head hit the wall. She fell. Then he was dragging her into the hallway. What? He's drag, he dragging her into the hallway. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't, don't. This part of the story. Don't, don't, don't take this and try to. Tim, who? You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm not doing Tim this story. Story. <laughs> He ended up winning the world title as a pro. He was a bantamweight. You know, he was just a young boy at the time. He didn't really. Why he hit her though? Because he told me he said because he had a gold chain on. We always used to wear a little gold chains mm-hmm. to get a little money. We wear chains. Of course. She snatched his chain, but she was kind of like playing with his chain like this, and then it broke. Mm. He didn't have a thick one. He it had one of them. It wasn't intentional. I don't think. Oh, he just but Tim got me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Whatever. I don't know. She was doing some shit like this. Boom, and it broke. So he knocked her out for that. I, don't, I never seen him hit her though. Well, all I know is I heard boom. She was sixteen. It was a big hole in the wall. Damn, and then, so the other girls that I, we with, my girl, the other girl, they like, oh, we're calling the police. Mm. I'm like, oh shit. I went to bed. <laughs> now you, now you, you a little kid. You know you in trouble. Said, go to bed. Just go to bed. And hope you, when you wake up, don't nothing happen. I just see him like, like this. I'm like, no. I'm like, we in trouble. Because they like, we calling the police. And I'm thinking, the police going to come. The coach is going to find out. We in trouble. We in trouble. I'm like, damn. So I went to bed. Show me how you lay down like this. Man, I'm laying, I'm laying, yeah, I'm laying in the bed like, what the fuck? I hear a knock at the door. As soon as I heard the knock, the butterflies. Yo, yo, as soon as I heard, soon as I heard the knock at the door, I'm like, the butterfly. I'm like, oh, that's the one I don't want to hear. Somebody knocking at the door. It was Chris Bird. He was on our team. He like, y'all gotta go to catch Coach Nappy office. Y'all in trouble. I'm like, what? Y'all gotta go to Coach Nappy office. I'm like, god damn, he got caught. He was like, he was like, yeah, they already took Jim, to Tim. They took him to jail. We in Australia, we in a whole another country. They came, the police came, took him into custody. They couldn't take nobody else, and nobody else did nothing. So we went to Coach Nappy's office. Pat Nappy, the coach. He's like, so he talking to him. He like, what? Why you girl? Why you guys have girls in the room? We told y'all, you know, we're supposed to have girls in the room. So he asking all these questions. Then he said, he said, well, who brought the girls? Eric Griffin snitched on me. 
So Eric Griffin, he was the world champ. Like he, he was like the best dude. Like you look him up, like he was a real good amateur boxer. He never really did well as a pro, but he was a real good amateur boxer. He was a two-time world champion. He didn't win the Olympics though. He lost in, in the elimination round. But you know he was a real good boxer though. You know he was like Ross. I'm like you, world champ. You could have said I, you could have <laughs> took that one from me because he wasn't gonna get in trouble because he was the world champ. USA Boxing wasn't going to bother him because he was world champ, you know. He had just won the world championship. He's he a favorite to win the gold medal in the Olympics in 92. It was 91, Olympics was in 92. So the Olympics was going to be the next year. He was the favorite to win the gold medal. So they was touting him because he was a two-time world champion, always ranked number one in the world as an amateur. So he dominated, you know. He going to speak my name. He's like, yeah, Ross, Ross the one brought him. Pat Nappy looking at me. Them eyes, them beady eyes. Put on me. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I'm in trouble now. Now I'm in hot water. You know, now. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we, we ended up having to go to um, court. This was the USA Boxing people did, the officials, the president and all of them. They had to bail Tim Austin out of jail. So the judge, we, we all went to the hearing, for the bail hearing in the morning. They was like, oh, he can't leave the country. He got to come back to court. Hey, we about to leave. The world championship is over. We about to hop on the plane. But, you know, this shit all over the news, you know. So the USA Boxing, they huddled together, and they said, oh, well, well we got to get Tim out of here. We can't leave him over. He can't go back to America. But who's going to stay with him? That's what they was all saying. I'm a kid. I don't know what the fuck. Well, there's nothing like that to me. But at that time, they had the sense. So they like, yeah, well, what we got to do, we're going to send Tim you know, when we go through customs, going back into it, you know, flying back out of Australia, got to go to customs and all that shit. They said, Tim, you go ahead of us. If it's a problem, we'll deal with it. We'll be behind you. We'll deal with it. But you go ahead of us, and when you go through customs, just say you're a, 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 a reporter who's covering the World Amateur Boxing Championships. You're a reporter. You're just a um, news reporter. That's what they told him to say. He made it through. Because they knew that when the USA team comes, because it was all over the news, so people knew he was supposed to lead the country. So when USA team, we came through as a team. When you go through cousin, we come in to USA. And Tim already got through. He's safe. So when we coming through as a team, now they looking for Tim Austin. So they're like looking at our passport. So I remember it was Sean Fletcher. Tim was a 119. No, Tim was a 112-pounder. Sean Fletcher was a 119-pounder. So they were like the same side. They both were black. So they... Tim, I remember they asked Sean Fletcher, you look like the guy, uh, Tim Austin, who he got in trouble. You don't supposed to be leaving. Look, my passport says Sean Fletcher. I'm Sean, I'm not I'm not faking. I'm Sean Fletcher. You see my picture? The, they let us all through, you know. And then, you know, we all got through. Tim Austin could never go back to Australia, you know. I guess it's probably still a warrant for the rest over there. <laughs> yeah. what, you know. what, what, what happened with James Tony? Man, James Tony. That's my man, so be careful. Oh. Fuck him, man. Oh. See, now, but listen, me and James Tony, oh. me and James Tony, like, if, if he see me and I see him, we're going to say fuck each other. This is how we do. Like, he was trying to bully you, that's why. Yeah, he tried to bully me. I was a kid. You was a kid every story, man. I was 20. <laughs> I'm, I was about 21, because it was in 94. I was 21 by then. I was a grown man, I guess. How he tried to bully you? Well, because he just think he tough. See, no, okay, is, listen, listen. He is tough. Yeah, he all right. Yeah. Don't do that. He is tough. He, he know I say that shit to his face. I know you would. He know we've been going back and forth. But he's tough, ass. though. 
I'm going I'm to call him a bitch ass. And I look up to him, actually, though. I look up to him. But I'm going to call him a bitch ass, though, because, motherfucker, you had your chance, motherfucker. We, we, went, we went at it. But I'm going to call him a bitch ass, even though I looked up to the man. I still think he's a great fighter. And I'm always look up to him as a guy, as a great fighter. But uh, personally, I'm going to call him a bitch ass. Tell me some why. Some of the stuff he did or whatever. Why? Because, I mean, we supposed Okay, I'm going to tell you first about how we first got into the beef. Okay, one of my... I'm living in Vegas in 94. One of my friends from Buffalo... Came to Vegas. Man, stop it, man. Let me tell a story. <laughs> Let me tell My story be too long, I guess. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, you know. Yeah, funny guy, man. I like when he, when he came to Vegas in 94, when he, he came to Vegas, and then he, one of my guys from Buffalo, they was bringing in a sperm partner. Okay. It was a kid named Rodney Collins. He's from Buffalo. So, you know, they bringing Rodney in. So, you know, I'm in Vegas. I'm like, yo, Rodney, you out here, yo. You know, I'm happy my boy out here from Buffalo. So, I'm like, yo, He's like, yeah, we're going to be spurring that top rank gym. At this time, I had left top rank. I was, me and Roger was at a different gym. Floyd was over there. At the, no, I don't think Floyd was there yet. But we was all at this other gym. Mm-hmm. It was a different gym. We didn't go to top rank no more. So so they were training at top rank gym. So I was like, I'm going to come over there. Because we trained at different times. James, he was like, well, James Tony like to train at like 4 in the afternoon. Because his fat ass don't want to get up early. We used to train at 12. Hey, Tony bitch ass, talk shit, just cause. <laughs> no, but he wanted to train at four, whatever, whatever. So, so we go, I was like, I'll meet you over there. I told Ronnie, I'll meet him over there, whatever. So, we in the gym. James Tony, you know, just regular at the time. So then they start spurring, though. So then when they start spurring, you know, he couldn't, Rodney couldn't hit James Tony. James Tony was playing with Rodney. James, but Rodney was a bad motherfucker, he could fight. Rodney was throwing his shots, though. But Jane Tony defense was crazy. You know, nobody could hit that motherfucker. So, you know, <laughs> Jane Tony, he talking shit. He making Rodney miss. He doing his little, he bitch-ass motherfucker. You a bitch. Punch like a bitch. Talking shit. And Rodney ain't saying nothing because Rodney like the type of guy. He a cool dude, but he ain't like a shit talker. So he don't really, like, if I would have been me, I'd, me and Jane Tony would have been trash talking each other. I'd be like, nigga, fuck you. Like, I ain't going to let him talk the shit to me. I even though I respect him and look up to him, I'm going to talk shit if I get in the ring with him, you know, because I ain't worshiping this motherfucker. Like, outside the ring, yeah, I might admire you. Once I step in that ring with you, motherfucker, you ain't shit to I me. Know, yeah. yeah, so so, so I'm thinking like, damn, Rodney, you letting this motherfucker talk this shit, you know. So so uh, Rodney come back to the corner like, man, don't let him talk that shit to you. So James Tony sent one of his flunkies over to, to, my, to the corner. Cause I was like on the ring. I wasn't the trainer, but Rodney was out there by himself. When, you, when they bring you in as a sparring partner, they don't let your coach come. Rodney ain't got no coach. Jane Tony got his guy. Rodney, I'm the only one. I'm the young dude, but I'm got. I'm in his corner. Because because if I wouldn't have been there for Rodney, they would have been like, oh, come over here and get some water. Go back over there with no coach. That's how they do the sparring partner. They pay him well, but they like, you go over there. We ain't telling you shit. Go over there in the corner. Got your water. Go back over there. Fuck away from us. Fucking give a strategy to whoop your ass. That's what they doing. You know what I'm saying? So so he got me. I'm over here. Like, boom, bam. So James Tony going to send the dude over there. Yeah. James don't want you in here because I'm over here in this corner. I said, I said, what you mean? He said, you talking too much. I was like, man, I ain't going nowhere. You know. So James Tony heard me telling dude. So James Tony started walking. He's like, you got to go. I said, man, fuck you. Cause I ain't like the way he approached me. You gotta go. I said, man, fuck you. So then I'm a defiant dude by nature. So you know when he came at me, I'm 
I'm coming at him. Eddie Mustafa. Y'all know Eddie Mustafa Muhammad. He's from Brooklyn. He's a world champion. Yeah. He was a he was a coach who was in the gym. So he was he was like trying to like Ross, man. James cause James Tony was renting top ranked gym. So he he have his private session. He paid Bob Aaron five thousand dollars to rent a gym where, you know, he only him, his sparring partners, or whoever he wanted in there. So Eddie Mustafa was like, Ross, man, he got he rent the gym. He got the right if he don't want you in here because he paying for this gym right now. He owned this gym pretty much because he renting it mm-hmm. for the three hours a day. Just leave, Ross. Don't even start no trouble. And I respect Eddie, and I was like, yeah, you're right. So I left. You know, so after that, that's when the little drama shit started with me and James Tony. Mm-hmm. And then he was uh, Bronco McCart, and I think it was, uh, it was another kid. It was two kids from Michigan that he he wanted to fight me. They they was coming up with me, like we'd come up in the same time, you know. And I, they had about the same. I was about eight and zero at the time. Them dudes was about six, seven and zero, whatever. So he was like, "Yeah, Bronco McCart, I want you to whoop his ass. Fuck him and this and that." So we always had that little shit. Then all that shit died down or whatever. It never was talked about no more until way after I fought Vargas. It was like it was when you know. He, his career was kind of like whatever. He was heavyweight, and he, he had lost the heavyweight title, and he just whatever. He wasn't doing shit. But then they was just they start. I don't know how it started again. The controversy started again. But I think it was on social media, and uh, then it started again. I don't know how. I don't even remember how. But then they started talking about me and him fighting. So my guy was like, "Yeah, they sending me a contract, bro. But they want you to come to Michigan to fight." I said, "I go to Michigan to fight." They sent the contract. Now, I agree. Then they called him back and was like, well, we got to get a venue for the fight. So they were saying they was having a problem finding a venue. I'm like, that's James Tony though. His name alone sells it, you know. So it was that, and then it was out of nowhere. It was no more, like, we didn't hear from him no more. So we were supposed to fight. But then he get on a um, boxing scene, and they asked him. And he like, they say, oh, I thought you and Ross Thompson was fighting. He's like, yeah, fuck Ross Thompson. I fucked his mama. The Buffalo Bills is losers. They lost four Super Bowls. I said, answer the question. He was dancing. He was dancing around when they asked him. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Shit. That motherfucker was like, oh, fuck the bitch. I'm telling you, man, James Tony looked at it, or somebody talked some sense into him. He said, man, why fight Ross? What the fuck are you going to fight Ross for? You got way more clout than Ross. You a world champ. Ross didn't win the title. Like, what the fuck? You got everything to lose, really nothing, not much to gain. Because if you beat Ross, they're going to say, well, you know, you look how accomplished you are. Ross, you know, he, he didn't live up to his potential. Ross didn't really live up. Like, Ross always lost a big fight. That's what they, that was always the mark on me anyway. Ross, they always say, well, Ross, he'd be freezing up in a big fight. But he'd be killing niggas in the gym. He'd beat the shit out of Constance Sue. He'd beat the shit out of Mike McCollum. He'd beat the shit out of these niggas in the gym. But in the fight, Ross be tense. So he got everything to lose as far as in the competition, in the real fight. They always said, well, Ross, be, man, Ross, he's going to freeze up. Ross going to freeze up in the fight. He's going to beat him. He's going to get tired. Ross going to get tired. So he, he had everything to lose and really not much to gain by fighting me. Like, I asked Chris Bird. You know, I don't know if you know Chris Bird. He's a, he won the heavyweight title. He's a good he's a teammate of mine. So I asked Chris Bird the other day. Chris Bird, I don't know if you haven't seen the videos he's been making. Talking about he's going to make a comeback. 
know, all these boxers doing the exhibitions, Roy Jones and uh, Tyson. Tyson, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I jumped on Chris Bird. Paul, he's doing a little mitt work and all. I was like, Chris Jones, we from he from the '92 team with me. He was on that same team when we was in Australia. We good friends. I beat his brother actually to get on the team. His brother Pat Bird was the guy I had to beat to, to make it to the number one guy in the, in the country. But um, so. Uh, so I jumped on the post. He was shadow boxing. I was like, Chris, yo, you know it would be good? Me and you do an exhibition. Chris Bird was like, you don't want it, Ross. I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, we good. Def- we both, because he's a good defensive fighter. I said, we both good defensive fighters, you know. I said, you can even get the revenge. You can call it a revenge for your brother, whatever, whatever. But then Chris Bird thought about it, and he said, man, Ross, why, why should I fight you? Like, Chris Bird was a world champion. As a heavy, he won a heavyweight. He beat Holyfield. He won the world title. I didn't win the world title. So Chris Bird can say, I'm giving you a chance to shine because his name is bigger than mine because he was the world champion. I wasn't. Understood. You know what I'm saying? So Chris Bird will say, man, because they're going to say, well, Ross still can fight. Because that's what they all know, the boxing people who know about, hey, yo, Ross still, that motherfucker. Even when they watch me box Floyd, dad, they said, damn. I saw that. Yeah, because they like, damn, this nigga all fat. But he, look at his hands. How his hands like that? But. You ain't messing with James Tony, though. That's oh, like, yeah, yeah. I'll tear his ass up. Nah, he fuck James Tony. No, you ain't. No, No, I'm going to tell you. Me and James Tony fight would be like Roy Jones fight with James Tony. Because. Set it up. Like, like I, I know how to. Man, James Tony don't want to eat. He got. James Tony, he know it. And you would. You know, listen. You tell him, because you can call him, call him and be like, you know what, James, don't fight Ross, because you got everything to lose and nothing to gain. By I, fighting Ross, I would never say but that. James Tony got the game by beating me, because they're going to be like, you beat Ross, so what? Everybody will beat him too. That's what they're going to say, though. That's real shit, though. I'm just being real. That's what they're going to tell James Tony. Like, you beat Ross, okay, fuck with that. A lot of people, other guys beat him. Other guys beat him too. You act like you the first one to beat him. So, nah, I don't mean nothing, James. You was already highly accomplished. So it ain't going, it's not a feather, really, for him. It's just another little statistic on his record. He got he got wins, and then he got world titles. So why James going to fight me? Because he like, man. James that nigga. They, he ain't that dude. If he, no, but I'm going to just challenge him on that one. Floyd and James, if they was that dude, like Floyd when I dropped his dad, he supposed to step up and like, you know, hold because another mm. dude, Floyd would have been like, man, oh, you dropping my dad like that? Oh, motherfucker. Oh, you got to get it. Because I know Floyd. I watch Floyd in the gym. He'll be like, get your ass in the ring. I'm about to whoop your ass. He'll tell people, get your ass in the ring. I'm about to whoop your ass. Floyd, he's supposed to be like, that's why I be telling I be talking to Floyd. He, he ignore me on social media. Mm. I be talking shit to him. I'm like, Floyd, I'm like, well, you don't want it. What, what's up? Just whoop your dad ass, nigga. He don't say nothing. He don't whoop his dad ass. You just hit his dad ass. <laughs> I down. dropped that motherfucker. But I you know, I just got to hype that shit up, though, to him. And be like, yo. So you went ex- expedition with Floyd? Hell yeah. Because this is the thing. I, I never forget <laughs> when Floyd, when I, remember when I was telling y'all earlier? That don't sound crazy. When, when I was telling y'all earlier, when Floyd came to Vegas, first thing he said, Ross, I want you to be my sperm partner. See, back then, I was like, get out of here. He was a little novice to me. He was a rookie. Just thinking of the NBA, a rookie dude. Get your ass out of here. That's how I, was, I was already a 10-round fighter. He was a beginner at that time. He coming out of the amateur. Get out of here. I ain't want to spar with him. He used to bug me, oh, rookie. Oh, he's asking me, don't get out of here, man. I don't talk to you. Like, get out of here. You a rookie. Yeah. You know? Man, That's how now. I was treating him. And I think he didn't like that. Look now. He started hanging with my brother. No, listen. 
I went to Australia to go spar a concert zoo. Then I, I come back, him and my brother like this. My brother was living with me. Him and my brother, he said, oh, Ross ain't gonna hang on me? I'm gonna hang with his brother. He said, I ain't gonna, him and my brother was tight. Him and my brother was real tight, you know, and uh, so, uh, should I tell that story? No, oh, no, yeah. Don't be Indian yeah. giving again, man. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell it. Fuck it. Floyd got snuffed by one of my homeboys. That's right, like Floyd. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Floyd got snuffed. Before he was Money Mayweather, though. This was, he was six round Floyd. How? Shit, he got snuffed. By Buffalo Zone. Rest Buffalo in peace. Zone. Rest in peace, Teddy Hampton. But he got snuffed. Well, he snuffed him. So, but what happened was, my man Teddy was a light-skinned dude. He had pretty, girls always say he had pretty eyes or whatever. You know Teddy, right? I don't know if you knew Teddy. Okay, pretty Teddy, what they call him? Yeah, he had the eyes, whatever. Nah, girl was like, pretty Teddy, his baby mother, Floyd, Floyd, baby mother, Melissa, not the one that died, the other one. I don't know if she liked it, Ted or whatever. I mean, we was all in the gym one day at the Golden Glove Gym in Vegas. This was when Floyd first came. We all kind of was together, all training under Roger. I was the OG though, because I was, you know, that's why me and Floyd didn't get along because he always wanted to stand out. And I'm like, motherfucker, you gonna respect me? Cause I'm like the OG. Get the fuck out of here. All everybody else was worshiping him, you know, whatever. So Melissa, his baby mother, she was like, oh, who's the new guy? Ted, I brought, I came to Buffalo summer of '97, and brought Ted back to me. Okay, came brought Ted to Vegas with me. He used to try to box or whatever. So I brought Ted to Vegas with me. I said, Ted, you gonna come to Vegas with me? Came to Vegas. He hanging around us. He with Floyd. Because I didn't really hang with Floyd, but we trained with the same trainers. Sometimes after the training, we would train. My brother would him. I'm going to be around because my, my brother was with him. So I might be with my brother kind of. So I'm with Floyd too. We used to always be at events together. But me and Floyd never personally hung together. Mm -hmm. Like just me and Floyd. Never. Never. Because I couldn't. I wasn't going to ever do that. It's just, we didn't get along like that. But my brother got along with him. So I might be with my brother. And, like a lot of times we used to do stuff together. So we all be together. So I remember when we was at his house playing basketball. So, no, actually, I'm talking about the time at the gym when his Floyd baby mother was like, oh, oh, who's the new guy? Oh, oh, he got pretty eyes. His eyes pretty. Floyd was like, oh, he only like white girls. But he had to, like, he hated He was hating. Because mm -hmm. he thought, he felt insecure that his girl, you know, was, uh, gave, gave him, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so she, he was like, oh, he only like white girls. Well, ain't nothing happened after that. Escalate or whatever. So then I remember we playing basketball. Floyd had a little basketball thing at the apartment complex he was living in. Like a condo he was living in at the time. It was like a little basketball thing we used to play. So he was following my friend Ted hard. Every time Ted go, we playing 21. Every time Ted go to the hole, boom, hit him. He hit, like I ain't never seen Floyd play tough. But he was, he just didn't like Ted. He didn't like him. I don't know if it was a light-skinned thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he didn't even like Ted before that. I'm telling you, he didn't like Ted before that. But that he was the icing on the cake. <clears throat> okay. Once she made a compliment to him, and that's his baby mom. That's it. It was it. That was it. Right. Especially with his ego. Right. So, so boom. A couple of days later or whatever, me and, me and Teddy, we was on the strip. So I used to message this girl who used to hang with Ted. Um, I mean, we used to hang with Floyd's baby mother. So they were together, though, on Circus Circus by the McDonald's on um, Vegas. Vegas Boulevard. So we chilling. I seen the girl Danielle. I'm like, yo, what up? We talking. So we talking. We just kicking it. And then I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's go to Gold Coast. A little place everybody go play bowling back in the 90s. 
it's a casino where they had a bowling alley there. I'm like, let's go bowling. So it was like on a Saturday night. I'm like, let's go hang out. She's like, oh, I'm with it. But I got Ted with me, and she got Floyd girl with him, with her. So I, I look at Ted, I'm like, yo, you, because we got to hook them up kind of. It's a double date almost. So mm. so she like, so Ted like, yeah, I'm all right with it. I don't care. So she like, yeah, we can hang out. I don't care. I, I don't know if it was just innocent to her. It kind of might have been innocent, you know. So we like, all right. Then Ted seen a ring on her hand. He like, oh, let me see your hand. My friend Ted, he was wrong for this, but she put her hand out. He said, that's my ring. He snatched the ring off her hand. So, because what it was, was Pretty brother, Ted, come on, man. Well, see, it was a long story behind that. It was a ring, my brother and Ted, whatever. I, don't, I ain't even going to talk about what they was doing. They was doing some shit. You might as well get into why you've seen that. No, but I'm about to explain. Like, like, the ring, my brother's, Ted was saying that ring was his. My brother was saying that ring was his. So, my brother had sold the ring to Roger Mayweather. Because Roger, they uncle Roger, he's a hustler. Real dude. That's the realest dude out of all of Mayweather. That's a real dude. But Roger, Roger, like a street dude or whatever, all that. Like, so Roger was a real one. You know, my brother, he knew to go to Roger. And Roger, I got this ring. Because they, him, Ted and, Ted and my brother, they had this ring. They had a little other jewelry, too, that they, I ain't going to, whatever they got it from, that's their business, whatever. But they, you know, doing their thing. So, they got the jury. Boom. So it's a nice ring. So my brother, he know Roger loved jewelry. So my brother went to Roger. Roger, I got this ring. I can sell it to you. Roger like shit. Hell yeah. My brother's selling it to him for a short. And Roger is a smart dude too because Roger like shit. I'm going to sell it to Floyd or somebody. Because Floyd already asked me what to get Melissa a ring. So boom. Roger is a smart dude. He a hustle type dude. All right, boom. Give it to my brother for a short. Boom. Give it to uh, so boom, and that happened, and uh, so so Roger uh, sell a ring to Floyd, mm -hmm. you know. So then Floyd gave the ring to Melissa or whatever. So boom, so that's when Ted snatched the ring because when he seen her with that ring, he was like, that. "I don't know between my brother and Ted." I took it off laughing. I don't know what happened between who ring it really was. I don't know, whatever. But he took the ring off her hand because he's saying that's his ring. So she called Floyd like. Ross friend just took that ring or you bought me off my hand. My brother and Floyd was together, you know. So they they like, where y'all at? We that circus circus. In front of on Las Vegas Boulevard. In front of it. They pull up. They pull up. My brother jump out. Floyd not a street dude. He's not gonna fight people on the street. Floyd uh, in the boxing ring, he gonna whoop a nigga ass, but on the street, he ain't that dude. So he just not that type of guy. You know. So they jump out. My brother mad as hell because my brother going to fight your ass. So my brother come in at Ted because he's furious at Ted. I had to grab my brother. I'm like, my brother was ready to whoop Ted ass. I said, Jermaine, the fuck? Chill. I'm like, Ted came here from Buffalo. Because Floyd was entertaining this shit because it was looking like they going to jump Ted. That's how they were like, well, we gonna, and I, that's my brother, so I can't get involved. That type, that's how they all looking at so I seen them trying to jump Ted. So I'm like, so I'm like, Jermaine, chill. Like Ted from Buffalo, like we can't. Jermaine was like, yeah, you're right. You know. So Floyd kind of almost backed off a little bit, but he still was like, man. But he got to take up for his girl. So so Floyd talking his little shit. So Floyd ain't no dude who gonna fight like a street fight dude. He ain't that type of dude anyway. So he started walking up on Ted. He's like, he's like, you know, you scared of me? How you gonna walk up on another man? 
with your like you better walk up and be hitting somebody if you gonna walk up on a man. So Floyd walking up on him like this with his hand, walk like he his that's like he talking to his son or something. You know you scared of me? Boom, dead him. Cause the man walked up on me. Like I'm scared. You because Ted knew who he was because Floyd was an Olympian. Ted, like Ted, you know, knew that he was a top amateur and just turned pro. Who he was, like he got hands. And Ted ain't really no box. He was a boxer, but not at that level. You know, he could be a local boxer. We're talking about Floyd was at the highest level, the highest level with this shit, worldwide type dude. So Ted was like, "Shit, this nigga about to hit me. I got him." That's just his mentality, at least. But he like, I'm scared as hell because this nigga about to fuck me up because mm -hmm. he a boxer. You know, Ted never really was a boxer, like. Serious about it, like he was doing it with me a little bit, but he wasn't really, you know, full time thing for him. So Taylor was like, "Shit, I had to hit his ass." He hit him, in the he, he, he hit him in the mouth. Boom, Floyd mouth bleeding, that busted mouth. So Floyd, so Floyd mouth all busted up. He God looking at me and my brother. He like, "Play this motherfucker just hit me." Mouth all bloody. He like, I can't, "This motherfucker just hit me." He like. He looked at me and my brother, he's like, I'm about to fuck him up. So he started walking towards Ted. Ted like, Ted looking, and then the cops start coming. The cops pulled up, you know. Yeah. So the cops pulled up, and they like, so as soon as the cops came, Floyd like, officer, he hit me. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling it all. Yeah, chill out. Chill out. No, that's what happened. No, he didn't. No, Listen, I'm going to tell you the whole story. Be patient. Yo. Tell you the whole story. <clears throat> so... So he's like, officer, he hit me. The cops was just like, y'all motherfuckers go on. They ain't know who Floyd was back then. He was a nobody at that time. He was just, he was pretty boy Floyd. He wasn't nobody. So he was only about four and no. He ain't won the world title. So it wasn't like, they told oh, that's Floyd Mayweather. They was like, oh, he's just another black dude. To the cops at that time. Mm -hmm. It was in 1997. So go home before we can take you out of jail. That's all they were saying. So we all getting in our cars. Floyd like, yeah, Roy, that motherfucker dead. And that's what I'm going to tell y'all. Floyd was like, Arrogant, stupid motherfucker. I know y'all heard about some of the other controversies with shooting people, with having confrontations. So, boom. So, Floyd was, like, Floyd was like, Ross, get that motherfucker out your house. I said, Floyd, that's my people from Buffalo. He ain't. He stayed with me. He said, you out here with me. He had the audacity to tell me, I'm out here with him. I said, motherfucker, please. I'm not out here with you. I said, I was out here before you. I remember you was a little kid. You came out here. Don't tell me I'm out here with you. I trained with your uncle, but I'm not out here with you. You know, so I was mad that he had the nerve to say that. Like, you out here with me, listen to what I say. Put him out. Put him out your home. I got to put my own boy out because he says, get the fuck out of here. So, you know, my brother and him left, and then they had the other little Dexter dude with him, little goon. Because he was a goon. He used to be Floyd's prime partner. And, uh, but uh, so, so Floyd bitch ass called Roger, three in the morning. Yo, 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 be easy on the names. Nah, man, fuck that. <laughs> I would tell them dudes that to their face and they know it. That's I ain't doubting it, but just be that's easy on the names. That's, that's how they do. Nah, fuck that. Uh. Okay. <laughs> now listen, so so, uh, so he called Roger. It's like three in the morning this shit happened. He called Roger. Hey, Ross man just hit me. <laughs> yeah, that's how you talk. Ross man just hit me. <laughs> he mad because his pride hurt. He got hit in the mouth. He didn't get a chance to retaliate or whatever. So Roger called me, like, Ross, man, what's up with your boy? I'm like, man, they got into an altercation, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'm like, man, you know, just a little situation. Roger was like, look, 
I told Floyd to meet me at the gym. I'm about to open the gym up. They gonna box this shit out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, all right, I'm cool with that. So we get off the phone. I'm like, Ted, you, they just want y'all to box. Ted, I ain't boxing that motherfucker, Ross. They rush you out of your motherfucking mind. That nigga's a bronze medalist in the Olympics. He won all them nationals. And he foreign though as a pro. Bob Ram gave him all that money. Ross, I had a couple amateur fights. Because Ted at that time, yeah, maybe one or two amateur fights. Ted, like, Ross, I ain't about to box this motherfucker. He said, and they going to try to jump me, Ross. I was like, man, psh. I was like, man, fuck it. I think shit going to happen to you. So don't worry about shit. I said, I got you. So ain't nothing going to happen to you. I said, Roger, because me and Roger got, always had a mutual respect. <coughs> Roger always loved me. Like he, Roger was a real dude. That's why I respect that dude. He's a real dude, man. And I, I told Ted, I was trying to assure Ted, like, look, man, you ain't got no shit to worry about. Roger ain't going to let that happen. Because once Roger see me vouch for you, he's going to say, nah. He's going to say, nah. He ain't going to let, it ain't going to, because Ted was saying, oh, Floyd going to have all these other people. They going to try to jump me. They going to try to do all this. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. I was trying to guarantee Ted, like, nah, man, nothing going to go down like that. I said, I got you, man. I got your back. I said, ain't shit happening to you. You know, so he was like, man, I don't know. He's like, nah, I ain't about to go spar him. It's going to get ugly in there. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. He's like, man, maybe we'll spar another day at the gym when everybody in the gym not at no, like, you know how he be doing that fight house shit? Mm -hmm. They was wanting to do that. Box till you die. Because it was some real shit at that time over some shit. So they were like, we going to box. Ain't no bail. We're going to go 100, 100 minutes straight. Shit, I did that with Roger before when I was a youngster. We did the um, fight till you die. We just kept boxing. Boom. No bell. Boom. So they wanted to do that. They were like, we waiting. They like, I'm like, Ted, fuck it, let's go. I wanted to show up. But Ted was like, no, nah, Ross, man, I'm telling you, man, it's only me and you. They, they going to be on some shit. You know, I knew Ted wasn't you know, ready to get in the ring before. So you didn't, show, you didn't show up. We didn't show up. So... Yeah, we couldn't because, you know, I would have, you laughing and shit, man. You, you ain't shit, dude. Yeah, you ain't show up, bro. You a crab friend, man. Yo, I you was my boy. Yo, boss, really? Boy, you, see what I'm saying? See how you do me, bro? Yeah, no, see how you do me. You ain't show up. You took, all, you that, me, you took all that shit about James Tony. You took all that shit about It wasn't my beef anyway. Why you fight your man? It wasn't my position to fight. Yo, Ross, what? Listen. Why you ain't fight for your man? That was Ted beef. Nah. You invited Ted. No, I invited him to come to Vegas. It ain't my problem that Floyd had a problem with it. Because he took the ring off the girl's finger. Ted was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong for that. Ted argued me. Until <laughs> the day he died, man, rest in peace to Ted. Rest in peace to Ted. Yeah. Until uh, uh, the day he died, he always told me, Ross, man, I did the right thing. I said, Ted, we grown men now. Because we was kids back then. Cigarette. I'm talking 30, 20 years later, whatever. I said, Ted, man, you should have never took that ring off that girl's hand. I don't care what was the situation. You don't take a ring off a woman's finger. You don't where, where, do that. Where, where was the ring? You know. where the, who the ring ended up with? Back with the girl. Yeah, wait a minute, let me think. I don't think Ted ever kept kept the ring. He never well, gave it back. I don't well, remember. At least I don't remember if Ted might be up a little bit. Huh? Uh. <laughs> so after that happened, so after that happened, I'm mad at you. So Floyd started calling me. He like, cause I had told Floyd, I said, listen, he he live with me, Floyd. Don't bring it, cause Ted was Floyd was calling me like, yo, Roy, your man about to be dead. That's what he was saying. I said, what you mean? He said, your man. He said, he said, you gonna watch what I do, Roy. Your man. He said, I said, Floyd, he live with me. I said, he li I said, don't bring that drama around my house. He said, he ain't gotta be around your house, boss. But your man about to go. He think he gonna talk all that shit. He and he was getting cocky. That's when he was getting that little arrogant stuff. 
That's why when the other situation happened, when I heard about they shot the dude, well, I don't know what the situation was with that. But that just made me think about the Ted situation. He was like, yeah, yeah your man, your man going to be, your man going to be gone. All that. I'm like, what? You know. So, boom. A couple days later, we chilling. Me and Ted had some little white chicks. We chilling at the pool, the apartment. Like, we had my apartment. We had, like, a jacuzzi, pool, all that. We chilling. We had the little chicks. We chilling. So I seen Floyd drove a Cherokee back then. Like I told you, he wasn't a millionaire then. Mm-hmm. He had a little, the first car he got when he came back, he had a Cherokee. Brand new Cherokee. It was a nice Cherokee. You know, but um, I, I seen his Cherokee coming through my complex. Because I'm at the pool, but I could see people who coming through. You know, I could see, but at certain points where I couldn't see them because the apartments or whatever being away. But I seen them cruising through there. And my apartment wasn't too far from the pool. So... I said, I'm like, they're like Floyd truck. And they was driving slow. You know, I guess they was looking for my car because they were figuring, oh, if, if the car there, we know they in there. If, if not, then they ain't in there. So they, so we at the pool, though, so they don't know we at the pool. They they thinking we in the house, I guess. Because the way my apartment, it was two apartments here, then two apartments here. And it was a field. Yeah. Was, now, you understand why I'm saying it. It was, a, bi- it. It was a big, it. it was a big field. Right, right behind here. So what they did was they pulled up and they said, they start busting. They busting into that field, though. Now, my apartment way back here, I'm going to hear them gunshots. But we at the pool, we can hear them gunshots still because the pool wasn't too far. So we at the pool, we hear boom, boom, boom. I remember Ted and them chicks, they jumped out the pool. Because I was just studying shit the whole time. I ain't even moved because I was just like, yeah, they doing something. And when I heard the gunshot, I kind of was like, damn. But I ain't like they panic because I never said nothing to them when, when it was all going on. When I seen that truck, I never said, "Yo, that's Floyd truck." I never said nothing because I ain't want to fuck with people. So the, the, when the truck went through, there, I was just watching. And then when I heard the gunshots, they shot into the um, field. They knew my apartment was. They didn't shoot at my apartment. They was just trying to scare Ted. You know, Floyd told him go over there, bust at him. Yeah, he gonna wake up. He gonna return the ring or whatever. How you know? How you All right, I just know how Floyd is. You know, you know, so you, first and foremost, you disrespecting Floyd, but y'all didn't go to the, the gym. <laughs> On top of that, they edge your crib out. So now you you down 2-0. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's 2-0. Oh. <laughs> Took all that wrong to the OG down. You try to play him, kept pushing him away. You got to take responsibility. You kept doing that. You caused what? that. I ain't caused You caused it? that. How? Pushing him away, violate him. Are you young? You violate him and all that. Now you want to, now you want to tweet him now, y'all. You think he don't remember that? He remember. Yeah, I'm, he probably he don't want to remember though. That's the thing. Like Floyd, he don't want to remember. Now you want to ask me this? He probably try to beat the brakes off you right now. You know he For can't. You. Yeah, that's I know crazy. Floyd can't fuck with me. I took the ring. Still? I will beat Floyd low ass right no, now. Oh, I'll beat his ass right, right now. Right now. I'll beat his ass for three rounds. Three. Oh, after oh, three. After three, I'm gonna be on prevent defense because I'm gonna be tired. But he may not even make me tired because he's a little guy. He, he was a boxer. Don't do he don't ain't do no that. slugger. Don't do that. No, listen, I'm telling you, Floyd can't fuck with me. Floyd can't fuck with me. For real, though. Floyd can't fuck Why do you think I boxed his daddy? To call him out? Oh, I'm going to tell you why. When me and his daddy was in the gym, his daddy always talked shit. We was in the Mayweather gym, just hanging out, talking, having fun. And me and his dad always have a little fun talk. Roger probably was too sick. Yeah, he wasn't in the gym that day. But Jeff was in the gym that day. So I remember we were going back and forth. Because actually, we came in the gym. I was training this kid, Donnie Marshall, in Vegas for a while. 
So we was coming in the gym in Mayweather gym that day to train. So me and Donnie, we walk in the gym. Hear Floyd bullying some young boy. He was talking shit to me. Shut your fucking mouth before I whoop your ass. Floyd Senior. Floyd Sr. He was bullying some little young boy, a little young boxer. So as I was out hearing him, I'm, and I always fuck with Floyd, you know, like, I was like, bullying. He said, what you want some too? He all hype now, though. So he so he in his hype mode. He's like, you want some too? I said, I said, you always bullying these kids, man, amateur. Why you fucking with the, the kid all intimidating and shit? You don't make me get in the ring and whoop your ass, telling the kid. The kid like, Ugh. You know, the kid ain't saying, I'm like, man, I always bullying people, man. That's how that shit started. So that's when he, me and him at work. So, so we always used to, like, debate. I used to always tell him, I'm faster than your son, and Roger was a better trainer than you. He used to get mad because him and Roger didn't get along. They was brothers, but they never really got along. They, I mean, they cordial, but they never really got along for real, Roger and Floyd Sr. Because the backstory on that is Floyd would actually train Roger, but then when Roger won the world title, Floyd said that Roger didn't give him the credit because he had other trainers because he went to Vegas and left uh, Floyd. He never said Floyd really was the one who taught me. Because Floyd taught all of them, though, so you got to give him his props. He taught Roger and Lil Floyd and Jeff, you know, so. But the thing is, so so that's how that went down. Me and him was going back and forth. I don't know how it got to be. Well, let's get it. Because we had our street clothes. If you look at the video, yeah, we yeah. and our regular, we went there. He was like, yeah, he, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah. He's like, you don't want to get in the ring with me? Because I don't know, we were having our little words. And then he he was like, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, you, he's like, you know how I whoop your ass? I was like, what? I said, man, stop it. I said, you don't want to get in the ring with me? He said, what? You challenging me? I said, challenging you? I'm like, you don't want to get in the ring with me? He's like, oh, oh. He was, he's like, he was telling everybody, I'm about to whoop Ross ass. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, is you underestimate? Because the thing is about Floyd, he wasn't in Vegas when I was delivering a lot of ass whoopings. <laughs> so for real, real shit in Vegas. All them, the fighters who lived in Vegas, they was like Ross was a bad motherfucker. Ross was whooping niggas that they used to be disappointed. Like Ross, you underachieving. When you fight, you fuck up. But in the gym, you showing like a superstar. You're like a fucking superstar. How you getting these fights fucking up? They always like you fucking up. What is you doing? You doing something wrong? So that's they was high on me to, to fight a lot of the fighters, the old time fighters in the nineties, in the gym. If, even before Floyd, even when Floyd he watched me spar Mike McConnell, he was like, "God damn, your hands fast, bro!" Like he was giving me the prop. That was the only time he ever gave me prop, little Floyd. But that time when he watched me watch spar Mike McConnell, he was like, "God damn, you, you fast as hell!" Like he was just marvel, I'm amazed by the speed that I was showing on Mike McConnell. So you know, and I remember like after that fight, I fought Obakar. And I lost. Yeah, that you go to a whole nother story. I know. I always do that. Though. Oh my god! Yo, yo, you, you know you did that. I still want to know about my man. You go to a whole nother story. What happened? So you know what's crazy though. Right, you know what's crazy though, Flip. He still didn't tell us the whole slapping the the guy story. He curved that and went to the whole everything else. Oh, Vargas. He ain't, tell, he ain't tell that whole story yet. He stopped. And then he, he said he figured out that he was going to slap him. He already premeditated because they told him that he was racist. Yeah, after that, he stopped. Though. He didn't get to the whole thing. Uh, when he slapped him? The whole why? Oh, yeah, all I that. thought I did tell you. Nah, you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Don't go back to that. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, <laughs> right. Hold on. Okay. So you got in the ring with Roger and you knocked him down. Yes? No, Floyd, Floyd sorry. Yeah. Rest in peace, Roger. No, yeah, we, we uh, you know, they tell us. Jeff was like, no, don't do it. Because Jeff was one of them dudes, like, Ross 90s. I remember Ross doing his thing or whatever. But a lot of people like, well, Ross ain't got it no more. He can't talk that way, this and that. He ain't. 
he might not be that dude no more. So people was anticipating that, like, well, you know, Ross probably, you know, I'm gonna fuck got in the ring, bro. And got in the ring, you know, boom, you know. Because then, the thing is, I wasn't going. I wasn't going. And then you not try to no. But listen, the thing is with Floyd Senior, I was going to get in there and play with him. But then I realized I can't play with him. And he be talking shit. So I was like, I can get in there and jab around, play with him. I don't want to hurt him or nothing. But then he was talking so much shit. So I said, oh, if we do a jab fest, we just jab around. He gonna still come out of here like, yeah, I'm fucking you up. Even though we both might have just been jabbing. So, as we was boxing, he starts saying, I'm going to fuck you up. You can't fuck with me. Y'all heard him on the video. You can't fuck with me. I'm going to fuck you up. So, I was like, you know, I got to hit him with a shot. That's why I told myself. I was like, you know, I got to hit him a little bit. But I didn't think I was going to drop him with that. I was like, I'm going to just throw a little joint on him, though. Throw a little boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I'm going to let it out on him. You know, he, <laughs> he throwing the jabs and shit. And then, he, then I let it out. Once I let it out, then he went down. After you dropped it, what happened after? Uh, man, listen, after that happened, dude, you, they, you see they cut the cameras off. Yeah. Because this is what happened. So, you know, there's a lot of security in the Mayweather gym. Now, if he would have dropped me, they would have been like, keep filming. Because the mad people in the gym was filming the shit, the sparring session. Soon as I dropped him, the security was like, everybody in the gym, turn their phones off to us. Turn your phones in. They said, y'all got to delete that shit. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to delete that shit out of your phone. They didn't want that shit to leak. You know, I ain't going to say no name, but one of my homeboys in there, he was real close to Floyd, though. He was my man, too, though. He was cool. Hell with me. He's like, yo, Ross, I got the video. Damn, I'm just snitching on myself. <laughs> but no, nah, he's like, I got the video. You know, boom. Then they they sent that video out so you, you, to a couple people. The other people started leaking the shit. Somehow TMZ got a hold of it. Cause I see how seen Rotman hit me. I seen how seen Rotman in the gym a couple of days later. And he was beefing with the Mayweather. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Uh, what's this um, fighting shit they used to do? Fight to the dog. We just talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Doghouse. The doghouse, doghouse shit. Yeah. His sons was involved. I seen Rotman's sons was involved in that doghouse. They were suing Mayweather behind the um, doghouse shit because I guess Floyd put some bigger fighter with one of I seen Rotman's sons. And I guess his son got hurt or what. I don't know what happened, but all I know is I seen Rodman. He never used to come to Mayweather Gym no more. By, the, by, that, by that time when I was coming to Vegas, mm-hmm. I went to Vegas. I seen Rodman. He used to be, I used to always see him in the Mayweather Gym. He wasn't in there more because he's trained Roger and all that. But um, So I seen him, Rodman in another gym. Me and Donnie was at another gym that day. He's like, yo, Ross, I need that video. He's like, I need that video, dude. Yeah, I seen Rodman. He won the title. That's my man. He cool people. You know. He's like, I got you. I'm about to send it to your phone. You know, I sent it to his phone because my dad sent me the video too. You know, when I sent it to his phone, he said, All right, I'm like, I ain't know what he was going to do with it. All I know is the night of uh, he, I sent it to that day at the gym. We was in the gym, four o'clock in the morning. One of my peoples hit me up. Yo, Ross, you all over TMZ hmm. later on that day. And then, you know, like, I mean, I, like Mayweather and them never was mad that it got leaked, but they didn't want it to get leaked. But they they never was mad at me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't know, but all I know they never said, like, oh, Ross, because I ain't leaking anyway. 
They ain't never come to me and say, oh, well, how are we getting part leaked? of it leaking, man. <laughs> Stop it. Stop <laughs> it, Mr. First of all, investigator. First of all, investigator <laughs> you want to get back because he aired out your crib and violated your man. <laughs> That's what you want to get him back. Talk about it. He aired out your crib. You didn't let that go. It's really you that held that on. You both like that. No, man. Yeah. It's, like it's an ongoing look, thing. Look at... so you, I got his father, so I want to get him in the ring. I know your tricks. But the whole thing is. It didn't work. What I, right. If, it, if that was the case, then it didn't work because at the end of the day, same with James Tony and Floyd as a more valuable guy. Why he gonna get in the ring valuable. with me? No, but, but why I, I would doubt, Floyd get in the right, ring with me? He will. Gonna say, oh, he will. Ross. Look at my career. I look put at this, yours. I put this, oh no, nah, Ross. I put this. Clip like, I got everything to lose because I know you can still fight. I put this clip. You probably gonna fuck me up. No, and never. Then I lost everything. I'm like Ross. Never. Got, uh, Floyd got his ass whooped by Ross. Get out of here. I'm telling you. No, you never. Styles make fights. He's a champion. Styles make fights. If he was a champion, he would get in the ring with me. Who was guess what? what? Three rounds? Guess what? Why you think so Sugar Ray... No, 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 no. So turn the cameras off. Why you think turn Sugar Ray... Turn the cameras off. Why you think Sugar Ray Robinson had 19 losses? I pay for you No, why you think Sugar Ray Robinson had 19 losses? The reason why Sugar Ray Robinson had 19 losses, because he was fighting guys like me. You know, well, Sugar Ray Robinson beat so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, but so-and-so over here lost to them same dude Sugar Ray Robinson beat, but that dude was like, I will whoop Sugar Ray Robinson that. My style will beat him. Then Sugar Ray Robinson went far and took an L. That's why Sugar Ray Robinson got all them lost. Because back that. in them days, nobody cared about a record. Hey, yo, hey, yo, it was hey, like, Ross, look how big you are whoever. now, Ross. Basically, he won't smoke with Floyd. He won't smoke with Fernando Vargas. James Tony. Vargas bitch ass don't want nothing. Set it up, Queen. Vargas is a damn set vegetable. Up. Set anyway. it up. But, but, he won't smoke. No, but this, this is the thing. Because you, I heard you just say, oh, Ross, you weigh way more than him. I heard you say that. That don't mean, that's supposed to be to my disadvantage. Because I'm not a heavyweight. Hey, I don't have a heavyweight to punch. Hey, Ross, how much I punch like a 147 pounder. I'm Ross, telling y'all. Listen, bet, I punch like a 147 Ross. pounder. I fought a couple fights at heavyweight. I didn't. Dudes can't even hit me, but I couldn't hurt them. I couldn't. I couldn't hurt them dudes. So I'm not, I'm a 147 pounder. I'm supposed to be a fat, slow dude. Well, no, listen. When a dude get fat, they, Floyd used to be like. Get that fat motherfucker. I'm a whooping. He, he a middleweight, but he weighing 195. Floyd, give me that fat motherfucker. I'm a whooping. His ass ain't been in the gym. Beat the shit out of him. But Floyd don't want it with fat ass Ross. Mm. But you know, fat ass Ross gonna whoop his ass. Floyd was Floyd, Floyd that my hand. I put, Floyd, money, I, put money, I put money on it. What no, we doing? No. Listen, mm. Floyd, what we doing? I will hype it. I will hype it. Listen, the thing is, no, but listen, all, no, but listen, all the fans, no, but listen, all the fans, even a lot of my boys might say, shit, Floyd probably gonna get Ross. But Floyd and me know. No, Floyd I'm going to tell you who know. know. He don't I'm going to tell y'all who know. Rest in peace to Roger. Roger, me, how you saying Floyd, how you saying Floyd know? Get him, get him, get him, Floyd how, you saying, how you saying Floyd know, though? Like, no, Floyd, no, no, listen, listen. listen. Okay, I'm, I'm about to break you it down know. to you. Tell me, you ain't breaking nothing down. You talking Floyd, garbage. Floyd, nah, nah. I'm a real You not. I watch you. No, no, hold on. Don't get it twisted. I ain't taking away from your speed. I see how fast, even though even a homeboy knocked you down, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you just, oh, I thought about it. Imagine how fast Floyd did that is. You see nah. what I'm saying? That's when he was younger. Listen, that's a different, that's a different thing. And listen. The, the, <laughs> Floyd, listen. Floyd, he know you got for himself that I would whoop his ass. Right now. Knows it. Right now. Well, that's the thing. He, he sh but then when he seen me box his daddy, because he probably was like, well, Ross probably ain't got it no more. Cause he seen me in '96 and '97. Like, God damn, Ross! Yeah. God damn, Ross! You fast. It's 2020, but, man. Yeah, right. But Ross still got the man. So, All right, you know. So that's why Floyd, like, God damn. 
He's not thinking that. One rap. No, listen. You know what's crazy? When 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 they they interviewed Floyd on TMZ, they said, "What you think about um you know, you know um Floyd? I mean, what did you think about your dad get?" He was supposed to be like, oh, you know, Ross, he ain't went to my name. He's just trying to beat around my name. He was dancing. He, ain't want, he, he was like, oh, he's like, oh, well, you know, I told my dad he was supposed to be spraying this and that. The uh, TMZ never said my name, but you would have figured, he would have said, you know, well, Ross, you know, you shouldn't even try to get near with Ross because Ross still whatever, whatever. Because he know his dad old. Like, you know, like he said, well, my dad shouldn't be getting in there. Hold up before we no, no, we're not leaving yet. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Hold on, man. Hold on, slow down. Stop doing that, man. It's your third time doing it. Stop trying to interfere in the interview, bro. Stop interfering in the interview, man. the show, man. All right, but just because I'm packing, I don't mean I'm leaving. We're going to get to him, man. Pack up going on. Come on, it don't matter. I can pack up, man. I'm packing up with my man talking. I'm giving him time. You give me time to pack up. You've been stopping me all day. Giving him a bike, moving the mic. I've been letting you rock, man. I'm gonna let you rock for real. I've been watching you the first one to do that. I respect. I want to power Buffalo. I respect y'all. I'm gonna get to my man. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Give me a second. Yo, you took a lot of shit. And you know what? Nah, man. I mean, I'm gonna make sure you back it up. You took a lot of shit. Nah, dude. You took a lot of shit. Nah. Floyd wouldn't get in the ring with me. I'm going to put this clip out first. See, I'm going to put the King clip out first. I'm going to put this one. You took a lot of shit. The thing is, Floyd won't get in the ring with me. Yes, he will. No, stop. He got too much to lose. One round. One round. No, but listen. Hold on, hold on. It's a different era of boxing. Sugar Ray Robinson would have gotten in the ring with anybody. That's why he got 19 losses. But Floyd would be like, nah, I ain't getting in the ring with Ross. What? Hold on, hold on. They don't think Floyd. Is accessible because of who he is. Yeah. So no, I think he's accessible. I think he, I didn't say. So he, do you think James Tony or Fernando Vargas get in the ring with him? You first, of, your man. first, first, James first, Tony's first, 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 everybody's accessible. That's not the point. The, I, the point you're not listening. You try to just do the okie doke, like try to switch up the words. Like I said, he he can't. He'll get in the ring with him and whoop him. That's what I said. Ooh, Stick to my all of them. All of them. So, so you think? So you think? So you think? Tony. All of them. All of them. All of them. What about me? Tony, James Tony, James Tony, James Tony will whoop him. James Tony will whoop him. I'm trying, I'm trying to think which one I want to see. James Tony, my man, I love him. I'm trying to think who I want to see first. James Tony wouldn't be able to hit me. I wish, I wish Roger Mayweather was here. He would tell y'all what's real. Pull up all the latest clips of my man Ross in the gym getting busy at the weight he at. Oh, you lucky. Calling James Tony, you're calling bitch ass. Call this bitch. You lucky I don't have his number. Come on, man. Last time I had his number was such a script two years ago. Uh, he was on there two years ago. Oh, yeah, said, yeah. Pull up, pull up clips of my man getting busy. I think I, I think I want to see him and James, but before I, I see him and, and Floyd, I want to see him yeah. and James go. James Tony, Tony like yeah, I be talking to Dana White all the time, trying to match. I'll be like, Yo, I see oh, you be fucking with Floyd. Right it don't matter how he gonna accept oh, everything. He gonna don't ask me a question like that about my man. <laughs> <laughs> he accept any challenge. It's a fact. Go over to Jay Tony, nigga. Jay Tony don't want nothing, man. Let me see what's going on. He's scared of Hopkins. He was scared of Hopkins. You know, he's scared you know, of Hopkins. I'm about to record you. He ain't never fought Hopkins. He's scared. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> he's 52 Yo, years old. Like that, man. He no, he called, 52 he years James old. Tony. That's two, put him on 218 pounds. Let's get him on speakerphone. Yo, James Tony will whoop you. James Tony will whoop you, OG. Let's put it on. Ross, James Tony will whoop you, guys. Trying to buy it. Go ahead. Look. Talk your shit to James Tony. Yeah. James Tony, bitch ass, don't want it. Yo, oh, oh, oh. hey. 
Don't play my man. Oh, just don't go James Tony a bitch, man. No, he not. No, he not. I mean, he a bad boy. I give him his. I know he is. But when he's dealing with Ross Thompson, he like I ain't fuck with that dude. Because I put money. I'm stuck between. I put money. How much you put up? I'm stuck between the rock. That's what the promoters always told me. They said, Ross, you stuck between the rock and the hard place. You too good for your own good because you good, but you're not the guy who. Huh? What you at? He said, Tony. James, James Tony, 52, 218 pounds. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right shit, I'm like 230, and I'm, you know, I'm 47. 47. Yeah. That's close. Uh, let's, 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 James Tony don't want nothing with that, man. James Tony. 5'9", you know, he's 5'9". What's your Instagram? Three rounds. Uh, what is Boss, Boss, Boss or something, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't ever really get on Instagram. You got to get that on there. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah, James Tony don't want that, man. I want Floyd or James Tony. Don't I want. Want, I want to see James Tony fight. That's what I want yeah. to see. Either that'd one of them. Either one good. of them. Don't, they don't want that'd that. Because you know, the way they look at it is they they <laughs> world <laughs> they won the world title. Ross was a listen in boxing. They, no, but listen in boxing. They always say Ross was an underachiever. Mm. Ross is a guy who never lived up to his potential, and that's probably why I still got hands like I do because I never fulfilled my. All them dudes got washed up. Now you see the footage with uh Freddie Roach. Talking about it? Mm. Nah. Yeah, let me show yeah, him that. Said, said play that right now for them. You got, you got it. The I think I got it in my can't phone. Play, we can't play it on handcuffs YouTube. Is it on YouTube? You want to get flagged? Yeah, it ain't on YouTube. Just in my phone. I still got it in my phone. But make sure it's not on YouTube. It ain't on YouTube. You sure? It ain't on YouTube. Freddie Rose. I listen to it after. Nobody never put it on YouTube. You sure? Yeah. If I get flagged, I'm gonna be tight. No, no, you good. You good. Ain't nobody never put this. Just this video in my phone. Ross underscore the number one. This this Roach. This is my man. He trained me when he was one of them dudes who trained me in Vegas. It's Freddie Roach. Say that though. Send me that video. Cause I had a problem with. Send, uh, send me that video. I put it in. in, 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 in. Right. Hold on, hold on. Ross Please. underscore what the number one? No one. Yeah, number one. Found it? No, I'm just. I can't find it. T H E. Hold up, let me make sure. Number one. Number. Yep. Ross underscore the number one and then boss. Ross underscore. I can't find. It's not popping up for me. Ross underscore one. Do you find the G? Oh, you might just better put Ross Thompson in and pop oh, up. Oh, that's just right here. Yeah. Let me see. See? It's two underscore. <laughs> oh, God, it's two? Yeah, bro. I'm new to Instagram. Shit, I'm, I'm an old man. Oh, it's, it's just right here, right here, right? All right, thank you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, my man. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, Finally, I've been quiet all this time. Yeah, tell us about <laughs> you, man. Uh, so what's up? My name is Solomon Renfro, um, the King, aka the Black Dragon. Uh, I'm about to be seven zero as a pro. I'm six and zero right now, uh, at MMA. I also want to go pro in boxing soon. Um, I used to train with Ross back when I with my dad when I was younger. When I, I met Ross when I was like eleven or twelve. Um, I started playing football for a minute. I stopped stopped fighting so much, but. Honestly, the whole time I was playing football, I knew I should have been fighting because if I would have been fighting the whole time, right now I'd probably be 
at the top level of the UFC. But I mean, I'm about to break through the doors right now. Um, what else did I say? My my Instagram is at infamous one king. <laughs> you can catch my next fight. Uh, probably like right before Thanksgiving. It's probably gonna be on UFC Fight Pass. You want to see any of my fights? They on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm about to be seven and zero, man. So you uh, so you, you you was born born in Buffalo and you moved down to. Uh, Yonkers, you say, right? Yeah, so nah, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio originally with my dad. Like, okay. my family was from Cleveland. And then we moved up to Buffalo. My mom, my mom had a job transfer. And then we was up there. And then we was boxing up there. We was with a coach named uh, Jimmy Rawson at first. And then he started getting sick. So we started going to the gym with um, Ross. And we was over there training with him. And we was boxing and stuff up there. My dad was also teaching me MMA since I was a kid, too. So that's where I had my MMA background from. So then uh, I had a real good boxing base. And I just I stopped because he wanted me to go into football. He just felt like football was mm-hmm. was like a he he always just told me the life, the life of a fighter. Like unless you get signed out off the jump, it's gonna be tough on the way up, which it has been. But it, it it'll pay off. But he was saying like the football route will be more of a clean cleaner cut route because he wanted me to go to college. You know I end up going to Canisius, which is a private school. Normally you go to college right out of that. But I just I just lost my love for football. I wanted to fight the whole time I was playing football. I just wanted to fight. Whole time, I mean, I remember I would be in the field sometime, and I'd be like, "This ain't what I want to do." Like, I loved the sport, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I loved it, and then I loved the like having a brotherhood. But it was like I played tailback, for example, you know what I mean? So, say for example, quarterback fucked up, I get messed up, right? The lineman messed up, I get messed up. Coach messed up, I get messed up. I mean, I like that it's a team sport, but at the same time, I don't like that I have to depend on other people. With fighting, it's like all on me. So whether it's in a boxing ring or MMA cage, like it's all on me. Or was it it be a wrestling mat? Mm-hmm. I liked all the pressure to be on me. I like to like mm. it's either put up or shut up with me, I'm, and I'm gonna put it up every time. So uh, talk about <laughs> nice to meet y'all, y'all. Talk to, <laughs> yo, my man, he said, yo, you know what I like about him? He was he sat here patiently for three hours. And three saying, hours. It's been three hours. Yeah, we've been on here three hours. It's no, been, I have it. Sure. Not, it's been a minute. We started like nine thirty. We started. It's 12 o'clock. Yeah. About 9.30, bro. 12 o'clock in the morning. About. Look at the camera time, bro. About. Let's say it on there. Two and a half. Yeah, it's 12.40. All right. It's been three hours, bro. Damn. Wow. Three hours. That's good shit, though. I mean, you know, he put a lot of details in the story. You know? Nah, it's not three hours. Take a picture of that camera for me real quick. Time flies, you're having fun, man. You know what I'm saying? Tom Fogg having fun. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I, I was gonna yeah, say that. You know, nah. I respect how he sat there and waited. You, you know, some people sit on the couch and they get you know discipline. Exactly, like he didn't fall asleep. No, he's a good kid, he didn't. He didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, kid, but he a tiger. But then now it's his time. When it's his time, he came ready to talk. Right, he he, right. he knows what's up. So yeah. he wasn't patient. He wasn't patient. He's on his phone. I watched his whole. I, I let him rock. I'll be my I, phone too. I'm sitting there. Everybody was on their phone. Everybody here was on their phone. Nah, I know they wasn't. You was on Google. <laughs> I, I, I let you because Email. I was talking to the guy inside. I let him rock because he was sitting there for a while. That's why I said I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him rock. Yeah. I watch him all the time. My eyes is quick. And I'm thunder, nigga. I, no, I saw. I'm I saw. Dragon. Last, I'm the last dragon, nigga. Oh, <laughs> wow, <there you> go. <laughs> no, no, no. Put your phone down, man. No, no, he... Ross, put your phone down. We not. We not done the interview. You can't. Oh, yeah, 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 Man, 52 Texas. Yeah. 52. Yo, I don't care. Oh, you busted me. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, take us back to the time when you started working with uh, Ross the Boss, the first time you guys started to work, you know, together. Uh, I mean, what was that like for you? 
I mean, it, for me, it was always just work. It, I never, it, I've been, like I said, I've been training since I was like six or seven, since I can remember. So it was always like every day before and after school, I was training. Mm. So like when my dad told me we was going to stop training with Jimmy Rawson, he was going to go to Ross's gym. He told me who Ross was, he was a pro boxer. And like, I was excited. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm about to go learn with a pro boxer. Um, but then once I looked him up, I was like, oh, yeah, this dude legit. So, I mean, as a kid, yeah, I was I was excited. And when I was there as a kid, like, he was coaching me and all the other kids. And obviously, we always looked up to Ross. He was always, like, a good. In the gym, he was nothing but a good, a good role model, honestly. Like, we knew he was a pro. But to me, I was like, I knew who Ross was as a pro. I knew that, like, he fought for the world title. Um, but my goal was always to be, like, the best ever, period. So I was like, mm. you know, I, I, I respected him, obviously. I still respect him now, but I was like, I'm going to be way better than Ross. Like, that's how I looked at it as a kid. Even, like, when y'all be talking about, like, Floyd, I'd be like, I'm going to be way better than Floyd. Like, I just I just know it. It ain't just something I'm just, like, saying I know it. I work my ass off for this all day, all night. Like, this is all I do. This is it. This is all I do. And, I, and I, I'm going to be the GOAT. I mean, I mean that. I'm in both sports. I'm going to be the first fighter to win a belt in MMA and uh, boxing. Nobody has ever done that, so I'm be the first one to do it. That didn't work. Everybody talking about I could really I could really box. Like a lot of MMA, MMA guys can't box. I could I could really box. I've been boxing since I was show a little some kid. The scene. We'll that that was my first box was my first love. You know what I mean? Then I hopped in the MMA scene right out of high school because um, I really wanted to go into boxing, but I I tried to reconnect with Jimmy, but he was still sick. Like. So then I just, I don't know why we me and Ross didn't honestly connect. I, I was, was like, Georgia, oh yeah, he was at that's what happened. He was out of town, and I had nobody else who I could really know. So but then I seen the MMA gym, so I was like, my dad was like, it's a MMA gym up the street, go there. And I wrestled in high school. I wrestled at two twenty. I shouldn't have been at no two twenty, but I wrestled at two twenty in high school, and I took six in states. And I had only wrestled for like two years, and like I just, but I trained her. I'm not no fucking loser. So if I went he to practice, like, whatever I was gonna Mike do, Tyson I'm I'm gonna like try to 17, win. 18. I was a little kid watching my tank. He, like, how much you weigh right now? Like one eighty five. I'm, I'm trying to stay lean. I'm, I'm totally normally, like walking around, I'm like two hundred. Normally, I'm totally but I'm one eighty five right now. I'm five nine. You see, Mike Tyson about five nine, five ten, and he yeah. said he was yeah. complaining about being two twenty. That was like Tyson. Yeah, nah, weight. when like, I was when I was younger, like I, yeah, I can carry no, that weight healthy. I be like, telling him, man. I can like, carry that weight he healthy. He built like man. Mike I spar- when he was a kid, man. I spar with heavyweights he was, and I be dropping. Oh, was you like 12, 13 back then? I was 12, yeah. He was, listen, he was knocking little boys out. Like he was, and they used to make us spar grown men. I used to, yeah. He spar grown, grown men grown when I was like 12. Kids he was like hurting 16. people his age. So when they would put him in with grown men, it would be tit for tat. You know, grown men. I ain't talking about we telling the grown men to take it easy. The grown man had to go hard. You know, that's how I was always telling his dad, I'm like, yo, this is a little phenomenon. And he was supposed to get promoted highly. And then he was supposed to, you know, but his dad kind of pushed him for football, MMA. And I always was like, boxing. I was telling his dad, like, me and dad, real good friend. I'm like, you got to do the boxing. He's like, man, Ross, that boxing shit, though, it's fucked up. And that's what his dad always said. Because his dad was more of an MMA fighter, too. Because your dad, he did MMA. Yeah, my dad did yeah. MMA, too. So his dad, dad you know, was more of an also. MMA fighter. So, yeah. you know. His dad kind of was pushing more for the other sport. But I used to be like, man, this dude could be the next Tyson. Hold he on. So let me ask you a question. You, you walked in here this, this evening, and you co-signed him crazy, right? You said you still could fight with the with the big dogs. You said you believe in him. Right. How close is he to beating you? Oh, he can beat me? I ain't getting in the ring with this young man. Shit. I want to fight the old man. I ain't fighting the young boys. You see Tyson and Roy Jones fighting. You ain't see... 
uh, Tyson and Roy Jones trying to fight some uh, <laughs> Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> we the seniors. I'm a senior for a reason. I have to fight these young boys. They, I proved my point. Hey, let them do their thing. Shit. I ain't cocky. Well, I'm going to say, well, give me them young boys too. De La Hoya dumbass saying that, he going to get his ass whooped. Mm. He's going to get humbled. He's trying to make a comeback now, De La Hoya. I know. Saying he want to fight. Boxing is, is a young man's sport. Like, you got to, you know, like, you know, I fought Kelly Pavlik at the end of my career. They was pushing. I was getting older. So when you get older, like, Roger taught me this. Like, when you get older, you have to fight different. I can't, like, like only way I could beat a guy like a him, I got to fight like I'm 25, and I can't do that no more. My body not going to let me. So you got to be cagey and wiser as you get older. So I'm not going to go out there throwing 100 punches. I can't do that like I did when I was a young boy. Like, that's why I always tell people, look at Floyd. That's why you got to give Floyd respect. When Floyd was money, pretty boy pretty Floyd, boy. remember how he used to throw no hands? But then when he came, they look, I mean, a pretty, I mean, a money Mayweather. He don't throw all them combinations because he knew he was getting older. I'm going to tell you, Roger taught me this shit. He said, look at Muhammad Ali. Look at Sugar Ray Leonard. You watch them get old overnight. They got old because they... And I never was in Sugar Ray Leonard camp to watch him train. I met him, but I never was, you know, in his training camp. Roger told me, man, Sugar Ray Leonard, when he was 38, he was trying to fight like he was still 22. When he was 22, he could do that. But when you're 38 years old, your body not going to do that. You can't. Terry Norris is another guy I trained with this dude. Terry Norris, he's a world champion. He beat Sugar Ray. I don't know if y'all know Terry Norris. He's a bad boy. I, I trained with Terry Norris. The man he used to train so hard. But when he got old, he still was trying to train like that. Floyd said it best. Train, don't train harder, train smarter as you get older. So when you get older, you got to be smart. You can't just go in there and think you're going to throw a thousand punches and still got this. Nah. Them young boys, let them do that. When I was a young boy, Roger was always trained. Roger taught me a lot, man. Roger would tell me, look, man, you fighting that with that youth. Why you got you better use that youth while you got it. Because when it's gone, when it's gone, it's over. Unless you change it. You have to change. You can't be no 40-year-old man trying to throw 100 punches around. You know, look at Floyd when he got older. That's why he whooping them boys' ass. He ain't. He wasn't fighting like um, Pretty Boy when he mm -hmm. became Money Mayweather. He was being, you know, selective. A lot more calculated, you know. collective. Yeah, like, you know, he, he's taking his time. Taking his, you know, time. He, his defense, Smart fighting shots. the defense. When nah, he was a young boy, he was an attacker. He was attacking. You know, and that's when they all say, oh, all he does is run. He never was running. He never ran from nobody. He, he just beating their ass. He had good reflexes, good defense, good defensive skills. Roy Jones was another guy, and I love Roy Jones. I look up to Roy Jones. Roy Jones was a guy, when he his reflexes went, he fought off reflexes. And he, like he was so athletic, highly athletic, that he didn't have to learn the defensive skill. So that was the difference between a Floyd. That was the difference. That was the difference between a Floyd and a Roy Jones because uh, Floyd, when he got old, he was able to still do it. And Roy started getting hit more. When he got older, he started getting hit a little more. Where the old, the young Roy wouldn't have got hit with them shots that you know somebody might have caught Roy with and dropped mm. him. The young Roy wouldn't have got caught with them shots. Listen, I'm gonna keep it honest. We've been here for three hours and some change. <laughs> I lost the track of time trying to mind. Yeah, it's in there one in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> last thing, 
you said is that you're going to be the greatest. You're going to be the first person to win an MMA belt, UFC belt, and a boxing championship, right? Yes. What's your Instagram? Give it up. Instagram at infamous one king. Um, one like O N E. Like you don't don't not the number. Just uh, spell it out. So infamous one king is my Instagram. My next fight is probably gonna be right before Thanksgiving on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, if I don't fight at that date, I'll be fighting soon after. And you'll be catching me make my pro boxing debut very soon also. So, and I'm a win. I'm a winner. That's it. Mm. Shout out to my man. I like him. I like this guy. Man. Yeah. Round four. Yo, Ross, Ross is good for TV, man. Yo, <laughs> yo, I ain't gonna lie, you got me. Yo, yo, Ross, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do this again, bro. Three hours? I don't know how that shit ended up being three hours. Bro, three hours? Nah, you know what it Tom is. Fly, My story, fun, man. Be, then, like no, you I said, love your story. You going man. to another one in the middle of one. I go into another one when I you be like, damn, you was go to the other story back. Go back <laughs> to that one. Uh, you about to go to the story now. All right, so, right. so <laughs> real, real, no, 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 real quick, in 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 forty seconds, tell us what's next for the the, the boss. What's next for you? Shit, man, hopefully we're working with this kid. You know, we're gonna have Vaughn. You know, doing his thing, marketing him and building it, promoting him, and you know, I'm just trying to make a couple business moves, man. We trying to get a gym back home. You know, because I kind of got out of the game, you know, coaching and all that. I, you know. <laughs> what, man? 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Yeah, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to talk. Yeah, yeah. 20 seconds. Go ahead. Training him. Yeah. Building him up, making sure he, well, well, business is good. Is get him to Vegas because I want to um, put him in front of Dana White. Like, I'm real good friends with Dana White. That's dope. Yeah. I'm going to put for the MMA thing. But I want to also put him in front of Floyd for the sperm. I want for him to spur. And hey, Lainel, my man said he gonna spur your ass, Lainel. Mm. Yeah, I spur. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Floyd, listen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's if Floyd. If Floyd do see this, right? I'll spar anybody from one fifty four to one seventy five at Floyd Gym. Any, any pro he got, put him mm. up. You said he want that work with you, Lainel. Like now, you know you my man. What are you looking at? The cameras right it's, there, bro. Oh, no, like now. No, because this dude, no, listen. No, I need you. This dude was little as hell. No, this dude was a young boy. Yo, you hyping this guy? No, listen. I was training like now at that time. Ten seconds, but and and you know he was a young kid looking up to like now. Now he telling he told me the other day he said Ross I can get in there and more than hold my own with like now. I said wait a minute. You saying that to me? I'm, I'm saying that right it? now in front of however many so viewers. Say, everybody. Anybody. Ooh. UFC, Bellator, no boxing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm humble. humble. I'm humble in life, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm confident in my, my work. And this ain't cocky. This is confidence coming out. And I work my ass off. Ain't nobody beating me. I got the best technique. I got the best skills in the game. Skills pay the fucking bills, and that's all I got. Straight up. Like, I'm ready now. That's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Like, I'm hungry. I'm not. I'm not playing around. King Solomon. Y'all gonna know my name. Y'all gonna see me again soon. All right. So, dope episode. We are gonna sign out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when this joint gonna air out? Yeah, come on. We the first. We the first people from our city to come on here. Shout the Buffalo one time, man. Round of the Buffalo one time. Come on, it ain't over yet.
The, the show ain't over yet, man. Show, man. Hold on, it ain't over it's yet, man. Crazy, you can't force that, man. You can't force the cool. Yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. Man. He tried to conduct, conduct this our show. That we from the low, from Buffalo. Nah, from the low, man. Rough buff. Yo, yo. Never mind, go ahead. Yeah. My man right here, son. <laughs> <laughs> you took a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, that's there. I'm, I'm a humble dude, but then I'm going to talk my shit, too. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm a Gemini, though. Shit. We Gemini. Shit. We, you know, we fix mm. it up. You good shit. with me, man. <laughs> No doubt, man. Y'all my boys, man. G-Money hating on you. I'm hate. Oh, you, I ain't trying to throw it over here like nah, that. Nah, you was hating more, though. He was hating more, yeah, huh? My like, man showed me love, but oh. he was hating a little bit. My man was hating. <laughs> he did it to get like, it. He was like, you can't beat Floyd. You can't beat James Tony. He was wilding, right? You like yeah, him? Right, right. My man, y'all both my man, though. But he, he, but he, he See, you you motivate me. He always co-signed for me. He going to give me that. He going to help the confidence. Be like, yeah, well, you going to whoop his ass. You going to say, you going to challenge me. You going to be like, yo. You ain't beating Floyd. You ain't beating James Tony. Like dry hating a little bit. Dry. No, well, actually, actually, he motivate me. I like, I like when people tell me I can't do it. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what, that's the challenge for me. You know, like it's more pressure on me. Like that's why I think I was a fuck up. No, for real. In my fights, a lot of my fights, I, I was supposed to win a lot of this one. <laughs> <laughs> then that one that I don't supposed to win. It's a whole different story. Let's go, boss. Whole different story. Right, right. right. Yo. Do you know how you do? No, we gotta wrap it up. It's been three hours, honestly. Man, we've been on here three hours. Three and change, man. We, we wrap it up, man. But you know what's, what's what I will say though is this: Flip, you know, you, a lot of guests on the show sometimes they don't really give the details of the stories, and you like you be like this. Come on, come on, come on. That's true. They beat around it, or they just give like, yeah, I was here, da, 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 that's it, and they be like, yo, he gave a lot of details. You know what I'm saying? G-chill, G-chill. So just, yeah, come on with it. And that's what people always tell me. Like, you tell, you you tell stories that people always tell me. You tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it comes. He cool, man. <laughs> G, he not cool, G. Yeah. Uh, he not man, come on, Shady Hayden. <laughs> G ain't cool because he's the detail. He, he told a lot of. Every, <laughs> shout out, man. Cool every every story, man. He went from one story to the other story to the next story. In the other Lock story. your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. If you see a nigga like Ross Thompson on your lawn, don't be afraid to use a firearm. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Take it back. Me not gonna yet. Pull the mic real quick. Yo. You got shot in 05 and stabbed. What happened? Yeah, they, I got shot, stabbed 10 times, yeah. What happened, yeah? Yeah, they were some bitch boys, you know. It was over a chick. <laughs> tell us what happened, can you tell us? Right. Actually, you don't want to talk about that. No, nah, but you know, yeah, it, it was I'm haters though in the hometown hate. You know how that is. So you hometown got with a chick, or what happened? The homeboy just got mad about his chick or whatever. In the biker club, the biker club, yeah. And they shot you in the biker club. You know the word around the town. Oh, Ross, he he do this. He be messing with people's wives, all this other shit. Hate niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey right. niggas, that's what they do. It made me another hour show now. Chick Chick came back and told me this. We got a story about other people's special people. Wives and all that? What's going on, boss? Nah, man. Real quick, What happened, Ross? The man was knocking niggas out left and right. It was like a bunch of these niggas, right? This is what mad people told me. You know, he a boxer. So, he in the biker club. He not in the biker club, so all the biker club dudes is getting at him about whatever he was just saying. He knocking these niggas out left and right. 
So that's when they came out with the hammers and the knives and all that. Cause it was just dropping. Well, actually, when they shot me, they were stabbing me. I, I didn't even feel it because I guess your momentum be flowing or whatever. Because I, I got stabbed all back here. I got stabbed wounds on my back, neck, all on my neck, back, down, all down my back. Whoever they were stabbing me, they was bitches, though. Because it was like a woman stabbed me. They going to go. And then they jump back because they don't want to get hit. They was poking me. That's why the stab wounds went not that bad. I probably would be dead if they would have been digging that knife into me. But they was poking me and, and jumping back. Like, because I'm hitting niggas. And then I'm, you know, people, here, here, here. And boom, boom. Because when my homeboys was there, he left. He left me. <laughs> that nigga left me. Yeah, left me to die. So listen, when, the thing is this. They was jumping me. They jumping me. But then they run. I heard somebody say, yo, this nigga crazy. Because I guess they was feeling like we can't get him down. They couldn't get me down though. They supposed to be on, have me on the ground stumping me. That ain't happen. So that's when they all scattered away. But there's a lot of people out here. We had a motorcycle club. Mad people outside. So it was, so you know, I still got my hands up. You know, this actually probably saved my life because I had my hands up in my boxing stance too. Because I don't know who's gonna be the next dude sneak up on me and try to hit me. So I gotta be ready to hit the next person. So my hands was up. And I'm just, and I'm looking for my man because I was riding with him. I left my car at another bar. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking for him. I'm like, where did this nigga go? With my hands up. I'm like, I'm looking for him. Right? So now I'm out here by myself. This nigga left me. He pulled up because he was, our car, we pulled up. I got out talking to people, whatever. He gone. So, so my hands up. So I'm looking around. Next motherfucker come and hit them, whatever. Hands up, ready to fight somebody. I hear a gunshot. Boom! So when I heard the gunshots, oh, these niggas shooting. I didn't even know I got hit. I just started running. <laughs> so I started running up the opposite way. I'm like, oh, they trying to kill me. So I started running and shit. I'm running up the street. As I'm running, I feel my arm. I'm like, yeah. They get shot me in the arm. Now, if I would have had my hands down by my stomach, I probably got shot in the chest. I'd probably be dead. You know, probably got shot in the chest. Who knows what would happen? I got shot with a 38. So it hit me on the arm, though. You know, they hit me in the arm because my hands was here. You know, that was say it's like they say I had great defense, I blocked the bullet. <laughs> right. I blocked the bullet pretty much. <laughs> if you see Rossi alone, put it away, he don't mean no harm. But don't let him in because he'll talk to you all night long. <laughs> Leave him on the lawn. I'm from Queens. <laughs> <laughs>